Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Having myself a nice Thursday, even though it's the weather's a little cruddy. Got some rain today, but outside of that, I'm just kind of hanging out, looking forward to talking to you. And then later tonight, we have the Twitch stream, myself and Joel Pearl playing Mario Kart, youtube.com slash Fightful Gaming. So, I'm oh, sorry, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, I should say. Um, I'm getting all confused now with Fightful and Fightful Overbook so and Twitch and all this stuff. So much. But yeah, a lot going on here at Fightful, but uh, I'm having a good day, man. How about you? Um, well, you said you got rain. We got snow. We we were expecting like a foot of snow. We were worried we were going to lose power. Kids were like, I hope you lose power so you don't have to work. I was like, that would be such a blessing. It's financials <laughs> day. What's up to be though? Oh, man, I got I to gotta do financials after this. Just can't wait. They, they made a billion dollars last year, Jensen. You know, got to fire everybody, but they made a they made a billion dollars. It's wild, yeah. wild. Yeah, Russell Russell Spider said you're going live during the earnings call. I think we will be streaming their earnings call. Usually we do it, so I don't know why we wouldn't do it this time. Regardless, we will have a bunch of news and stuff. Any any good quotes from from Vince if he tells you know maybe we should uh, hand AEW more talent. We'll we'll have that up on on Fightful.com. Guys, you can leave your super chat. You can leave a humper chat at humper chat. Dot com like our, our guy jj here he leaves a super chat says hello to my favorite big star king of the indies watcher hope you're doing well mjf punk absolute rule tremendous pro wrestling love you all we will talk about mjf and punk a little bit later on you were ready to make that your spotlight before it was even like when it was announced you're like this is what we're talking about i don't know how it's gonna end i don't know what's gonna happen doesn't matter this is what we're talking about Yep, I'm very, very invested in anything that has to do with MJF especially, and obviously CM Punk being like as big of a star as he is in everything, and, and it being in Chicago, I felt that either way the match went, it would be worth talking about. So, um, so yeah, got a lot of a lot of thoughts on last night's match for sure. When when we get to that that AEW portion of the show, I mean, let's start with it. We don't have a we don't need okay. an order or a format or anything. We're gonna rip up the format. Mark Madden always. This is not on my format sheet. We'll do yeah. that. What's what's that guy doing nowadays? Uh, let's start with let's start with AEW. Let's start with MJF and CM Punk. You and you're excited about this one, so I will I'll turn it over to you. What did you think of this match and in particular this finish? 
So I thought the match was really good. Um, I think it was really smart in a lot of ways, how they did pretty much everything. Um, <clears throat> so as far as the match itself, CM Punk continues to impress me in the ring. Like, I, you know, for, for his age and his time off and everything, like he's really having great matches. Like he hasn't had one match back against anybody that I've been like, oh, that didn't really live up to it. Like all these matches he's having have been very, very good. The, the storytelling, especially seeing him at a Pepsi plunge off the top rope. I mean, that was like, oh, so good man total mark out moment like i actually yelled that from my couch like you know was, oh, pepsi plunge no way like i was i was marking out like crazy for it um mjf beating punk the first time the one that didn't count where he used his wrist tape to choke him out and then put him in a rear naked choke i thought was incredible and i would have been fine if that was the finish obviously we got what, what we got after that was you know the, the rest of the match made it even better. And then I think they still got the result correct because I was very, very firm in believing that MJF should beat CM Punk, especially in Chicago. Um, they have a really, really rare opportunity with, with MJF, with how young he is and how good he is. He's so damn good in the ring. And people he seem to kind of like underrate that because of how good of a character he is and how he cheats to win and all this stuff. Um, but He's great in the ring. I can't say enough good things about his match with Darby last year. I, I talk about it all the time, but like there's, and it isn't just that match. I mean, he's had a lot of just really, really damn good matches. Um, so I loved him beating Punk the first time with the choke, especially because if you're like me and you follow the UFC, you know that the rear naked choke is one of Punk's actual weaknesses in MMA. Like Mickey Gall beat him with the rear naked choke. So part of me was thinking like, MJF could even use that in a story where it's like, I choked you out worse than Mickey Gall did or something like that. I mean, like there's a lot of ways they can go with it because, you know, because MJF's also the only guy who's brought up CM Punk's UFC career so far um, in any of these feuds. Now, that all being said, the real finish, I liked even better because Wardlow continues to help MJF, but they're still planting the seeds for that split. And MJF wins with the diamond ring, which keeps the diamond ring protected, keeps MJF protected, keeps CM Punk protected. So, like, I think it was the right result. I think the finish was smart. And now MJF can lay claim to beating CM Punk twice in the second city in his own hometown. So, like, I loved everything about this. What about you? I I agree. I, first off, CM Punk, tremendous selling. Like, the, the arm and the leg selling, just great stuff from him all around. I know he loves the, the little details and everything like that. He did such a good job just making MJF, uh, like, making his offense look good and making it seem like he was really worn down and hurt from, from everything MJF was doing and making everything try to mean something in the match. So I, I agree. I, I love the match. I was the double finish there at first when they first did it. I don't typically like that in general. They did it in the, the Jericho MJF match. And I was like, Oh, is this going to be their thing with like MJF matches? They're going to just like have them win, but then have him lose the fact that he did go on to win. I love that. I, I forgive the first finish a lot more because he still went on to win the match. Cause I don't need the story of like, Oh, I actually beat you. And then, but then I lost type of thing. I love the story of, I beat you twice, dude. Yeah. Like you could say that I cheated both times. No, no, no. I beat you twice. I love that. So I agree with you that if they go with that, I I'm, I'm all for it. All for it. Uh, the Wardlow, the camera work on that was so good. Just tremendous job. They they had some production issues last night with missing some some shots, but that one they did a great great job on. And yeah, they're still planting the seeds for Wardlow to to eventually turn. But right now, MJF still got him under the finger. 
and Wardlow was, was still helping him out. When he does eventually turn, it's going to be a massive pop, but I like that they're still kind of slow playing it, and they're they're doing enough to keep me invested with that. But I, I loved everything about this match, man, and I'm glad that they, they go ahead, they they lose, or they get CM Punk his loss out of the way. I think it came to the right person. MJF came in Chicago where you knew he was going to get a bunch of heat. But Punk's protected. He's bulletproof, right? And MJF is bulletproof in the sense that he could just lie his way and talk his way out of anything. But you want to continue to establish this guy as a really good wrestler and someone who is a legit contender. And it seems like, I, I don't know this for certain, but... They got a month before Revolution. Hangman's wrapping up his feud with Archer next week. Uh, you know they're, they're not extending that to Revolution. I, I can't imagine. They got to do something with Hangman within the next two, three weeks here to get him a Revolution opponent. And MJF might be the play there. Yeah, potentially. I think it's going to be Adam Cole and Hangman still, even though, and I think part of that is is the kind of the loophole they have with Adam Cole not technically losing yeah. to Orange Cassidy, because that also helps Orange Cassidy also. Whether people like it or not, Orange Cassidy is a main event level guy in AEW. He has been pretty much since the day he got there. And I think AEW needs to continue to establish some of their own people as on the same level as the people coming over from the WWE. Like, I saw a lot of people who were like, oh, I don't know, Orange Cassidy just seems... He doesn't seem like he's on, you know, the, the same level as a lot of these guys, but he, he needs to be because we saw this happen a, a little different, but we saw it happen historically in impact wrestling for so long. Where like X WWE guys would come over and then they would they would put the the homegrown a, impact guys to the side. It would just happen over and over again. AEW needs to have at least some of their guys like Orange Cassidy that like even if the overall perception is he isn't the same level star as like a CM Punk or a Brian Danielson or an Adam Cole. Like he is an AEW quote unquote homegrown guy as far as most people are concerned. So like I, I have no problem with, with Orange Cassidy being in the position he's in, just for the record. But it is a little strange seeing Adam Cole lose, even though it didn't count if he is going to be the next challenger for yeah. for uh hangman. So I so I get I get all the sides of that. With that said, I do think they'll go with Adam Cole and Hangman at the pay-per-view. Um and but I do think and I've said this since before Hangman even won the world title. I was saying, I think Hangman will be the one to beat Omega. That was pretty obvious to everybody. That, that was eventually going to happen. And I don't know when, but I think MJF's the one to beat Hangman for the world title. So I don't know if the, I just don't think it happens as soon as the next pay-per-view. So that's why I'm kind of thinking Adam Cole and Hangman. And then maybe within the next three to six months, maybe that's when they pull the trigger with MJF. But, but regardless, him going over Punk, to me is the stamp of approval from, from AEW that we've all known for so long that AEW is going all the way with MJF. He is going to be their world champion and he is going to be the top heel in the company for the next, like, you know, as long as he's there, assuming he doesn't leave to, to go anywhere else, which I guess is a possibility technically, but whether he's an AEW or WWE, MJF should be the top heel in wrestling for the next like 10 years if he stays healthy. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where I sit on it. I, I'd say I, I'm with you. I don't think that Archer, and uh hangman goes past their match on dynamite and then i think it's adam cole and hangman at the pay-per-view and then sometime down the line mjf will be the one to beat hangman for the world title i I'd, I'd go with mjf i'd go ahead and go with him at revolution because the cole you put thing, him, you put you put it you put him over like yeah, right now yeah yeah just go with him at, at revolution and and put him over in that match too because the cole thing like I know it doesn't technically count as a loss to Orange Cassidy, but seeing him lose that match, there's still that visual that it's there. And and that's like, that's rough 
to me, honestly. And MJF can easily just talk himself into this program. Cole, a little less so, at least to me right now, because he's got so many other side stories going on. Like, they got like three weeks to, to build this show. Maybe four, but there ain't that much time between the next week's show where Hangman's going to wrap up his uh, feud with Archer and then the following, and then, you know, the next couple of weeks and then Revolution. Like, they don't have a lot of time to put together this world title program mjf at least feels very hot right he feels like the hottest guy in the company right now coming off the this uh win against cm buck adam cole does not feel like that so i i would go and look a win over evil luno ain't gonna change that on friday sorry um like that's not a spoiler (laughs) uh he might lose the evil Uno. who knows love evil Uno. um but i i would go with mjf for, for revolution. I think they need something hot to go into revolution. And right now I love Adam Cole. I'm a big Adam Cole fan. I don't think Adam Cole is the play to go into revolution. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you about everything you're saying, especially about like the visual of him losing and all that stuff. But we also have to keep in mind that, I mean, Britt Baker, you know, lost to Thunder Rosa and then won the world title not long after that. And I think that that's going to be used as a vehicle to where, I'm predicting that Thunder Rosa will be the one to eventually beat Britt Baker for the women's world title. Um, so like, even though Thunder Rosa technically lost that match, it didn't take anything away because Britt was still the right person to, to win the title when she did. So they have like this kind of this weird loophole that they can use with these lights out matches because it doesn't affect the rankings and stuff. But I, I'm, I'm, I am with you on everything you're saying. And, and also when it comes to Adam Cole and Hangman, Part of my my reasoning for that is I'm very, I'm very pretty, I would say I'm pretty firm on the idea that MJF will beat Hangman for the title, but I don't think that Adam Cole would beat Hangman for the title. And I think like if you want to continue to establish Hangman a little bit more before he loses to MJF, it'd be good to get like a pay-per-view win over Adam Cole because the match would be good and they do have history. The good thing about a short build between the two of them is if they do it right, there's a lot of history there, you know, pre-Adam Cole leaving for the WWE and like with them being a part of the elite and stuff that they could, they could have, they could fit a lot in, in a very short amount of time if they, if they did it right. But that all being said, like I, here, here's the real uh, great thing about this. Jeremy is, these are all great options. Like I'm not yeah. going to be upset with any of the ways that any of this goes. Cause I know the stories are going to be good. And I know the matches are going to, are going to be great. They're gonna, there's going to be a payoff. So like, I'm okay with any of it. So I guess official predictions is this, this upcoming AEW pay-per-view. I'm still sticking with Adam Cole versus Hangman, but you think that they're going to go um, MJF and Hangman and MJF will win the world title. Yeah. that That's where I think they're going with it and watch them do something. Uh, I hope they have stuff planned out. But but watch them just do Dan Lambert will come back out and Ethan Page will get a get a title shot against Hangman, which hey, you know, the page versus page at, at Revolution. I that match would be awesome, but I don't need Dan Lambert doing anything uh, anywhere on any television for me right now. Uh JJ says MJF page at Revolution, MJF Ward though, double or nothing. Possibly. I could definitely see that because there's there's a lot between double or nothing you could pull off the turn be before then um but i don't know if it i don't know how long of a reign mjf is going to have and i don't know if they're ready to pull the trigger on wardlow this quickly as far as making him the the world champion because i feel like when that turn happens wardlow's gotta win that match and if mjf is the champion you're basically putting the title on wardlow right there so it is possible that maybe wardlow costs mjf the title that might 
uh, truncate MJF's reign. I don't know how you feel about that. There are a lot of pieces in play. There are a lot that they can do. Uh, hopefully they have something mapped out because it hasn't felt at times that everything has been mapped out with where they're going with the, the world title. So hopefully they, they do have something mapped out with what they're doing with the world titles and, and then with what they're doing with this MJF Wardlow feud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really the, the pickle that they're in with, with Wardlow, to be honest, what you just said, because I, I think it's most likely that Wardlow costs MJF the world title because I don't, I don't as much as much potential as Wardlow has. I just don't see him right now being the AEW World Champion, or, or even within like this calendar year. I just don't see that happening for him with with the roster that they have. So like, I, I so I you're 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 totally right about that. Like that, that's that's a layer of this that we have to take into consideration because in a perfect world for me, MJF would be the World Champion for like a year plus. Like he'd have like a long title reign, but for the overall stories of what they're they're trying to do with all these moving pieces i think it's even more likely that mjf beats hangman for the title wardlow costs mjf relatively early so that that way when they do wardlow and mjf wardlow can still beat mjf and they can still get a payoff for that without putting the world title on wardlow just a matter of who does wardlow help i mean to be honest I mean, it, it, it might make sense to put the world title on CM Punk. And like, if, if, if MJF beats Hangman for the title and they run back MJF and CM Punk again, and Wardlow does like the right thing this time and like doesn't help MJF and CM Punk beats him and that one, it becomes a world champion. Um, I could see that potentially too. So it could either be, oh, he does the right thing or he just, he screws up. He accidentally hits MJF and then MJF, despite all the good things Wardlow has done over the years, MJF, this is just unforgivable. You cost me the world title, like you're a fuck up. And then, you know, slaps around Wardlow snaps, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever he might do. Uh, so there, there, are, there are ways to do it. It's just a matter of, do you want to do it with a world title in play? I think you can do it with the world title in play. And I think it'd still be very good. Uh, we will see if, if that's the direction they end up going Two other guys that, we have to talk about this is my spotlight for for AEW. John Moxley, Brian Danielson. It seemed like they, you know, Danielson was kind of scouting, giving the side eye since uh Moxley returned. And then last night, Danielson cuts a promo and says, We just run this place, man. Like, you know, we can just form our own stable. We just take out all these guys. We don't have to, we don't have to boost these guys up. We can help them, but we can also kick the shit out of them. I this was a twist for me because I thought we were setting up a Danielson moxley feud and i still think it might go that way but now we are certainly set potentially setting up a danielson moxley stable and i'm way more excited for that than than this match and i really want to see them have a match but a danielson moxley stable with yuda moriarty garcia even if it's not those three guys but it should be those three guys and it's not those three guys that is tremendous right there yeah, oh, I couldn't agree more. I I was super happy listening to him cut that promo last night with Moxley in the ring. Like, you know, I I think it's more likely that we do get Moxley and Danielson uh, against each other. Um, because Moxley, as as much as I love Moxley, he doesn't quite fit the same mold as these other guys we're talking about. Like he he does and he doesn't. You know what I mean? Um, but like for instance, when I think of guys like. Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty and Dana Garcia. I don't really think about John Moxley. I think about Brian right. Danielson. Um, and I think about Jonathan Gresham. And I think that there's a lot of possibility there. If there is a Brian Danielson 
stable of like him, Moriarty, uh, Garcia, Yuta, and then they bring in Gresham, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, uh, you know, all of uh, Rhett Titus, all these uh, foundation guys. Like, that's an incredible story that can go on for months with all that talent on both sides of that kind of like fighting over who who has the better pure wrestling um so I, there's just so much they can do i mean that's my dream stable to be honest is like a daniel bryan uh a brian danielson led stable of like him and garcia and moriarty and these kind of guys like that's i i am so all all in on something like that and if, and if, if mox is going to be a part of it i'm fine with that too i just think it's more likely that it does lead to danielson versus mox but danielson still having his own group and that, that's that's kind of my thought as well is like you're right moxley doesn't fit that mold of the guy of the guys that, that danielson mentioned and that is sort of even if Moxley like agrees to it, that is always the the kind of underlying factor here. Of hey, I'm not really part of your group. Like it seemed cool, but you guys are kind of cutting me out. And then Danielson can do the turn. Moxley can do the turn. However, it's like yeah, I never really wanted you in this group. I just wanted to use you to to get everything together here because you have pull or whatever it might be. And then we eventually get the Danielson Moxley match. But I love the idea of Danielson Moxley teaming up because when CM Punk first came in. We had the idea of doing like a punk and Danielson team where they sort of did what they're they're doing now. I'm just like, we're we're just better than all of you guys. We're just gonna come in here and we're just gonna run through all of you guys and be like, okay, AW, cool, but like, you know, we've we've been to one of us right main events at WrestleMania. Like, we've done all this stuff, we've been to the big time. Like, this is nice, but we are just clearly head and shoulders above every single one of you guys. So that's similar to to what they're to what Danielson is kind of pitching here but he still wants to bring the young talent with him i like kind of like manipulator brian danielson he's so good as a dick like he is just he seems like nicest dude in the world but like just tremendous and just like needling and being a little shithead and and that's what i've loved seeing during this heel run and i was worried that after he did the hangman stuff oh we might just see like all right here's brian danielson the the fucking goat but he's still gonna be a little shithead and I love him being a manipulator, whether it comes to, to Moxley, whether it potentially comes to getting guys in this group. Him going around to like 2.0 and Garcia and like going behind their back and like trying to steal them. Best friends trying to steal Yuta and all this stuff. Like him doing that stuff, that'd be good television, man. Brian Danielson's really fucking good. That's the fucking goat for a reason. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an AEW fan. I think a lot of this stuff, has been in the works and been in the minds of, of the decision makers like Tony Khan and stuff this whole time. Like, is it all, cause it, cause as, as much as I understand the history of Wheeler Yuta and, and Chuck Taylor and those guys, like he never really fit into the best friends. Daniel Garcia and 2.0 don't really fit. Like it just kind of seemed like ways to get some of these guys on TV regularly to like attach them to other people just so they get more exposure to the crowd. But I think the long-term play is exactly what you're saying. It's it's Danielson luring these guys away from these other groups and being like, Garcia, what the hell do you have in common with 2.0? Like, come come to me. Like, you're you're the next me. Like, let me show you how to be the next American Dragon. Like, I mean, there there's just uh, someone in the chat's a Dragons Dojo. I've seen people <laughs> use that name. I think that's actually like something like that. Was, it's it's cool. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited for it. It just presents a whole lot of possibilities. Um, if you can pull up one of those super chats a, a second ago about Hirsch and Deeb, 
Yeah, yeah. So so both of these. Uh, I love me some Silva says add Serena Deeb and Layla Hirsch to that group. And then Ricardo L. Ido uh, Halson says add Moriarty, Garcia, Hirsch, Gresham, call the stable technical difficulties. Yes. So I, I'm not against any of that. Um, I do like the idea a bit better of Gresham having his own stable, like because he's already got the foundation. But if he's going to kind of branch from that and he becomes a regular on AEW, him being on a team with Danielson, that's incredible. But I think the the bigger money right now would be Danielson versus Gresham. But um, I, I honestly like I think Serena Deeb should join that team with uh, with the B. And I, I'm, I'd be fine for Layla Hirsch as well. I'm a very big fan of both of them. But I think Layla Hirsch should go to Team Taz. I think she fits there perfectly. Yeah. So, uh, Mister D saying we need weekly Danielson mocks. Oh, could you imagine just like Danielson teaching people how to, how to kick everyone in the head and then yelling at them when they don't do it right? And he's he's just trying to teach them like, all right, here's how you fucking do it. And he just runs and starts. He just kicks everyone in the head. Walter used to do the. Uh, they used to do those Walter segments where he just chop the shit out of all like the students and like yell at them like a drill sergeant kind of stuff. It'd be great. Moxley would be great in those segments too. It's just how do you want to? How does Moxley like kind of play? Is like is he also drill sergeant kind of guy? Or is he just like laid back? Like what are we doing here? Like this is not how you you want to teach these kind of guys. Like here's how you actually want to try to teach them and, and get them involved. Uh, so you can play with so many different dynamics because Moxley and Danielson like. They are, they have the similarities, but they are also so different that they're, it's easy, easy to play off of depending on how you want to go with it. And I think Danielson's very established in the direction he wants to go with it. Moxley, you can, you can go either way and, and whichever way they go, it seems like it's going to be great television. So I love yeah. this pairing. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, we have seen Moxley in settings like blood sport and stuff where like, he's definitely, you know, he trains at like extreme couture in Vegas and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, there, there is definitely elements to him. Like we're saying that do fit, but it'd be kind of funny or not funny, but interesting too. If like, let's say they're doing these like dragon dojo segments that we're kind of talking about. And Danielson is like teaching a Garcia, like, a certain hold and like Garcia just can't get it right. And then Moxley like comes up behind him, like hits him in the back with a light tube. And he's like, all right, let's try this again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like their punishment is Moxley, like hitting him with like deathmatch stuff, like to get them to do the technical stuff. Right. <laughs> There's so many ways you could, you could do this, but now I really just want to see these dojo segments with uh, Danielson and Moxley. That's all I want. I know you're listening, Tony Khan. Give, give, give me this. Give me what I want. Tony Khan. WWE spotlight. Shane McMahon's out. Steven yeah. Jensen. He's just gone. Just <laughs> he came into the rumble. Got a good pop. Everyone loves that song. What it, do you like the, the Here Comes the Money song? It's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. I mean, it, I, I like hearing it occasionally. Um, like I'll pop big for it if he hasn't been around for a while, kind of thing. But uh hearing it on like a weekly or, or basis or anything like that, not yeah, not so much. How do you feel about it? Oh, I love it. Again, it's so it's so easily stuck in your head. Dala 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 ching ching bling bling dala da. I don't know the actual lyrics, but it's always the 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 line they say is the brand new money. Money, 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 money. It's so good. Oh it's funny because Vince's song is like a low-key banger, also. He just heard it so much, but like I that's the No Chance in Hell came on like my iTunes when I was driving around in my truck the other day, and I was like a red light and it was like blasting, and I was like this song is actually pretty awesome when like it isn't just like all about Vince. Like it's kind of, kind of a cool song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so he appeared in the Royal Rumble. He threw his shitty punches. He eliminated Kevin. Shane, that's, that's punches. He's hitting that's what he hits. I'm not actually hitting the camera. 
That's how he does. He just misses everything. Uh, he threw his shitty punches. Yes. <laughs> he eliminated Kevin Owens. He couldn't get over the top for Brock. Brock had to close on him twice to get him over the top rope. And then the next night, the next day, he was just gone from the company. Apparently, he was supposed to be in Elimination Chamber. Reports say he was supposed to be at WrestleMania. I believe it. I believe all of these reports. But now, now he's gone. I think this is tremendous just banter. I don't think it actually means anything in the long run. It's probably good for the company. But this guy is not on television. I don't think he had much influence over anything backstage because he wasn't there half the time. And when he was there, his segments sucked. And it was the worst stuff on TV. And I don't think Vince actually friggin'. I mean, look, it's a son. I assume he loves him. I think Vince prefers. I He might prefer Triple H to Shane McMahon. Think about that for a second. He likes Triple H as a son better than Shane McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. Geez. There's so much. No, I mean, it, this whole thing is wild, right? Because remember that old South Park with like the, uh, it was like the Margaritaville episode, I think, where like the guy is trying to get the investments in the bank and he's like, all right, let's take your money over here, put it to the right, put it to the right, and it's gone. You know, and it's like, it's kind of like, oh, Shane McMahon's back and he's back from the Rumble and he's back for No Way or uh, Elevation Chamber and he's back from, and he's gone. It's like, man, what happened? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, if Shane's not safe, Triple H isn't safe. I think the only person that's safe in that company is Nick Khan, to be honest. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. And, and I, I believe the reports that the stuff that I've read um, about like him being too OP at the Royal Rumble and stuff. And like, <laughs> um, like, I don't, but it's like, I he's just, the best in the world. He won the tournament. He's the absolute best in the world. He should be OP. These other dorks, bad bunny. Right. What's he ever won? Yeah, he's out there Canadian match. destroyers and WWE matches. Like their own wrestlers aren't allowed to do that move. And he is, he is. <laughs> but any, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I guess on one hand, it just it doesn't. I mean, I don't want to sound uh, uh, unsensitive or anything like or insensitive, but like Shane not being on the show isn't gonna like that does nothing for me or against it for me. I just really, you know, I love Shane McMahon back in the day, back in like the early two thousands. Um, I just, you know, it just is what it is. Like, I don't really have an, like a real want to see him on the show anymore, if I'm being honest. Um, but it is very strange that like he's Vince's son and he came back and the reasonings are just weird, right? Like you said, I mean, I like, I'm not saying I don't believe the reasons, but like, like you, like you just said, they had the guy win a literal trophy to claim <laughs> that he was the best wrestler in the world. So what would they care if he looked too good against other wrestlers in the Royal Rumble match? Like it's just, it's just weird. The whole thing's just weird to me. He shouldn't look good in the. He shouldn't have been in the Rumble match. Like I don't need fifty-year-old Shane going out there and doing anything. He's throwing. Say what you will about Matt Riddle. The guy is a legitimate UFC fighter, former UFC fighter. I don't need Shane McMahon throwing his shitty punches against Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle not being able to just kick his head off or take him down and stretch the shit out of him. I don't need any of that stuff. I don't need Shane unless Shane McMahon is falling off of buildings and stuff. I don't need him on my television at all. All right, that Braun Strowman stuff last year. The some of the worst television I've ever seen. The absolute worst television. It didn't matter in the end because Shane just threw all or jumped off the top of the cage. Braun threw him, but Shane just jumped off the top of the cage, and people were like, "Hey, that rolled," and they just forgot about all the stupid segments they did. So that's just bringing Shane to to do do his dives, do something stupid off of the top of a building, and that's it. I'm good with Shane at that point. Otherwise, I don't need to see him. 
Yeah. Let's all not forget Raw Underground. I mean, geez. <laughs> like, like that was his whole thing. That was his whole big, like, I'm going to change the wrestling with this idea. And whether you loved or hated Raw Underground, it's, once again, it's just very weird and very WWE that, like, one day it was just gone. And just no one ever mentioned it again. <laughs> just like like it never happened. And all these guys got repackaged as different people, anyways. And like, I think I think Raw Underground could have been something if they actually tried with it. Because like yeah. when the Hurt Business took it over and stuff, I thought that was tremendous. I thought they were gonna run like illegal underground like gambling rings and everything. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. And then, yeah, they just did absolutely nothing with it. They and they had Dabo Kato ripping dicks off in there. Oh, yeah. That was oh, tremendous. Yeah. You know. That was a good one. Dolph Ziggler with eye gouges. and Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that was... Nia Jax just running in and just beating everyone up. Like, not even having fights, just beating people up randomly. I mean, the only people that benefited at all from it, but then in hindsight, got no benefit from it, was Arturo Huras, who isn't with the company, Riddick Moss, who is now Madcap Moss, and I still don't understand what's going on there. Um and Dabakato, who is now Commander Aziz, and I, when's last? I mean, I legitimately don't know when's the last time like he was. Is he a regular part of the show? I know he was with Apollo, but like, yeah, he's with Apollo. When the last time like they were on television? I'm sure it was like recently, but I I don't remember it at all. I I have no idea. I hope people people are gonna dunk on like Shane going to AEW and stuff, dude. I hope Tony Khan just does it as a dick swinging move of like. Here, here's Shane. He just comes out here. He just lets Shane say whatever he wants. It, it's probably be bad television. It, some of the fans might turn on it. I would just pop me. That's all I really care about. Don't don't bring him back. Just the one thing. Omos. People in the chat are mentioning Omos came from Raw Underground. Yeah, uh, he did. We also he also came from being one of Tazawa's ninjas. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I uh, what was the last thing you? Oh wait, sorry, sorry. Uh, mentioning uh, AEW for one. Yeah, Dick swinging move. TK. <laughs> If you want to do it, do it just, just for the lulls. But like, it just got, honestly, Tony could come out. I know he doesn't want to do like characters. He comes out like, I heard you got a, you got a con up there. Well, I got a McMahon and here comes Shane. Just do it. Just rip it into him. Just talking shit about Vince. Be tremendous TV. It, dude, I saw Brett Lauderdale tweeting about like, what's his non-compete? I was like, oh my <laughs> God, dude, if you bring Shane McMahon to GCW, that would be wild. Give me like Shane McMahon versus like Jimmy Lloyd in a death match or, or Cordona in a death match. I mean, that'd be just so, what bizarro land would we, we be living in? It's very, very unlikely, obviously, but like just the fact that it technically could happen is just like, just so bizarre give shane mcmahon his own show during wrestlemania weekend shane shane mcmahon's dumb shit extravaganza call it that i don't care just that's all it is it's just it's just stunt show essentially it's just one big stunt show he's already got blood sports so i don't want to step on josh barnett's gimmick with like shane mcmahon's underground but hey, give, give me shane mcmahon's stunt show for for gcw weekend you can do the x-pac rematch i'll we'll talk about great. Waltman a little bit later but yeah. yeah shane mcmahon against jeff jarrett shane's gonna go into business with jeff 100%. Oh, man. He could wear an X-Punk jersey again and bring out the <laughs> European Championship. Man, bring me right back to 1999. Hell, yeah. The Shane McMahon run is going to kick people in the face. It's going <laughs> to it's gonna fucking slap, man. Shane McMahon against John Gresham for the ROH title? You kidding me? This is what we're getting right here. That's what I'm talking about, man. Y'all thought PCO's resurgence was cool a few years ago? <laughs> like, wait until the, the indie run of, of Shane O'Mac. We could get Shane and PCO. Joey Janela's spring break. Let's just do Shane and PCO. <laughs> yes. I'm down. 
Uh, your, your spotlight for WWE, it has sort of shaving fan implications because it sounds like he was supposed to be in this match coming up. Yes, my spotlight this week for the WWE is who is going to be in the WWE title match at WrestleMania. And I'm talking who's going to be the champion and who's going to be the challenger or really the multiple challengers. I'm assuming one-on-one. That's kind of where I'm going with kind of in my, my line of thinking. Um, the Elimination Chamber is coming up. Uh, we have Lashley defending the title against Lesnar, who is already guaranteed a shot at the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns on night two of WrestleMania, I believe, is when they're going to do that. So you have that. You have Seth freaking Rollins. You have Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Now, when you look at this match, you just kind of have to assume whoever comes out of this will be the WWE Champion heading into WrestleMania. So I guess... I'll start and I'll say it wouldn't surprise me at all if they put the belt right back on Brock, even though like it seems incredibly counterproductive, especially with Lashley just beating him again. But like they could still do title versus title at Mania. But I really think I really think we're going to get a world title match on both nights and whether and there's still the possibility, like I said a while back, that they might do a mini tournament where like. Roman still has to defend on night one. Brock would have to defend on night one. And then they wrestle each other on night two to, to, to unify or something. But assuming that isn't the case or, or whatever, like we'll just say WWE title. Who do, who do we think is going into this is the WWE champion. Who's the challenger going to be? Cause I feel like there's always a chance of Brock. Like I said, there's always a chance that Lashley retains. Uh, we just got to figure out who his challenger is. Big E is like apparently out of the mix. Cause he, yeah, he's somebody... on SmackDown. He's on SmackDown now. Oh, so that yeah. just happened. <laughs> if you miss that, you're, you're, yeah. you're probably not alone. But yes, he is on SmackDown now. Hashtag the brand spit isn't real. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then the, my, my dark horse here is Riddle. Because I don't think that they'd put the WWE title on Riddle, especially heading into WrestleMania right now. But I, I do think there's a, a possibility to do Riddle and Orton for the title. And like they might just do it at WrestleMania. And there's all these reports that Riddle was, like, was penciled into maybe win the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. I don't know. So so I guess wh- where where do you come up on all this stuff? Like who do you think wins the chamber? And like what do you think the WWE Championship matches at WrestleMania? I'm, I have two kind of played out theories here. Um, one is that Brock just wins the chamber. I can't imagine you're putting Brock in this chamber to have him beat again like that that seems tough for me he just lost to lashley i know roman came in and everything you got to protect brock because you're already doing brock and roman at mania so you can't just have him take another pinfall in this chamber match unless even if it's like every single guy hits their finisher on brock and that eliminates him i don't need brock getting pinned on back-to-back pay-per-views that's it's typically not what they do with Brock. They usually do a much better job of, of protecting him. And that's been everybody's complaint, but there's also a reason for that. And there's a reason why he is in traction because he just doesn't lose like everybody else. So that makes me believe because he's in the chamber, Brock's just going to win and they will do the unification match at WrestleMania. I, I do agree with you that it's very possible that night one, they have the two title matches. And so Roman defends against somebody. Maybe that's where you do the Rollins rematch. Brock defends against somebody. Maybe that's where you do Lashley rematch. You just do it in a one-on-one capacity, uh, no interference or anything like that. And then you, you uh, night two, it's it's Brock and Roman. That's my, my first theory. My second is Orton gets in the chamber match because he missed Raw. I don't know when he's supposed to be back. I'm assuming he's 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 supposed to be back uh, within the next couple of weeks, and he would be good to go to Saudi. 
Um, he gets in the chamber as like Riddle passes his spot to him. And you could set this up at either like Orton Orton is like, hey, you know, you won, like cool. Yeah, you know, what what if I was just in the chamber? You know, I've got experience in this match. What what if I, I did this chamber match for you? And Riddle is like, you know, he loves Randy. So he would he would give it to him. Uh but then that sets up Orton and then Orton wins. That sets up Riddle turning on Orton of like, you know, I gave to you, I gave to you, I gave to you, and like you didn't give me anything. Like you always just like treated me aside. You pushed me aside and everything. Like I tried to love you and everything. You were just, you know, you you didn't have it, man. Like I wanted to have fun and you were just you you weren't there with me that entire time. Like it felt like you were just playing to be my friend. You weren't actually my friend. And I knew you were gonna turn on me at some point. So I turned on you first. Something like that. I hit it, I and, hit it two times and passed it to the left, and you never pass it back to me, bro. What's going exactly, on? Exactly. Honestly, bring that shit up. It's like Orton said it in in a uh in an interview. He's like, you can grow my favorite strain. That's why I love Riddle. But I was like, I ain't growing your shit anymore. All right. You know, find a different dealer. Um, that so that's how you set up the match between them. I could I could see it going that way. I, I'm leaning way more towards the Brock thing. I don't see how they're going to beat Brock two times, which makes me believe he's going to win or they are going to find some way to just get him out of this chamber match. And maybe that's where Roman takes out Brock be like before the match and then Orton gets in, but then our Saudi fans pissed that Brock's not wrestling on the show. I don't know if they actually care. Uh, that's sort of where, where I'm thinking. Yeah. I think everything we've laid out are all legitimate possibilities. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess there's really no real answer to my question today because we're gonna have to well, they don't play know out. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they don't, don't know either. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the most likely scenario is Brock just wins. Like I think yeah. that's probably the most likely. Um, because it is what you know. And this this is a whole other conversation we're not going to get into because this would be a whole podcast in itself. But I know a lot of people really uh, were really disappointed with the Royal Rumble match this year or the Royal Rumble uh, pay per view in general this year. So I just. You know, but I, I'm going to say this and people aren't gonna like hearing this. I actually enjoyed the show and the, but I think the reason, I think the reason is because I go in with the lowest of low expectations. Like I go in knowing Cody's not showing up. I go in knowing Ronda Rousey's going to come in and win that Royal Rumble. I go in knowing Brock Lesnar is winning the other Royal Rumble. And that, like, I, I hadn't watched the WWE in, since, since day one. And I, I could talk, call the entire show, but the, but the, the, what I'm getting at is like, if you go into it with really, really low expectations and you're not watching a three hour show every Monday and a two hour show every Friday. And like, you get so just fed up with seeing the same stuff over and over. If you watch it once a month, it's actually a pretty enjoyable show because they, they catch up with all the video packages and all that stuff. Um, it just really incentivizes. Jensen, Jensen mm-hmm. I was looking for a boot for you to lick. I got a, I got a <laughs> purse. Give me a purse licker. <laughs> I'm going to put my tongue up to the mic or to the yeah. camera. Um, yeah. Just but, God, my God, Steven Jensen enjoyed the Royal Rumble, everybody. Well, because once again, like I went into it with very, very, very low expectations, and, and pretty much everything I expected is kind of what wound up happening. And but I'll say this: like Rollins and Reigns, that was a great match. The ending was just the terrible. Sucked. The ending yeah. was terrible. I mean, it's yeah. Cool. So I, I, so I'm not saying I'm not considering saying like I love this show. I'm like recommending people to watch it, but. I just feel like I watch WWE, which is completely different expectations than other people do. Like I, I watch it so rarely that it's just like when I, when I do watch it, it's usually pretty good. Cause I'm not, cause once again, I'm not sitting through five hours of, and the other thing is for the weekender, I'm covering NXT UK and 205 live. 
205 Live just kind of become developmental to, to developmental. It just is what it is. But NXT UK, they have really good matches and like stories that actually do make sense. So like when I watch the company, I usually like what I see, but I just don't watch it very much. So it just, it just you know, my expectations is different than I think than most people's. I would imagine if you only just watch the, the big events and, and you don't have any expectations of, oh, this person's going to show up, this person's going to show up, it probably is a very enjoyable product. I'm trying to to get to that level and watch less and less WWE. Probably doesn't help that, that we do this podcast. Um, but Well, the good I'm, thing for this show is like, as long as you just know what's going on, like you yeah. can talk about the WWE. Um you know what I mean? Like, it's something where I don't think you need to watch a three-hour show every Monday to, to get the concept of what they're doing with the majority of the show. You know, just because they, they show the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> if you watch Raw, you're going to see the same match, like, three weeks in a row with, like, 50-50 booking all the way across the board. Like, you know, it just is what it is. Um, You know, and I say this all the time. If you like the WWE, that's great. Like, watch it. Like, I'm not saying not to watch the show. All I'm saying is... I just, I watch it so rarely at this point that like, you know, and I, and I just understand the way that WWE looks at it. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this, how they look at it. Brock's a real star. Ron is a real star. Roman is who they're trying to make a star. And then there's everybody else, you know? So you just have to understand that the show is going to revolve around those people, you know? And then you're, I'm sorry, Ricochet and Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn and and Finn Balor and these kind of guys, it just isn't going to happen for them. Like, I'm sorry if you're a fan, like, because it's the Brock Lesnar show if he's there. It's the Ronda Rousey show if she's there. Charlotte Flair is kind of in the Roman Reigns category. They, they view her as an actual star. So she's going to be the champion or in the title matches almost always. That's just how they look at it. And I understand that. So that's just kind of how I, I approach it, you know? Bless. Bless you, Steven Jensen. <laughs> you have the, the right philosophy when it comes to WWE and I'm trying to get there. I still get, I don't get angry about certain things. Most of the stuff, I just find it funny and I want to laugh about it. You actually have the right philosophy when it, when it comes to, to WWE hundred <laughs> percent. Let's uh, let's move on to, to impact. We both picked impact topics for our other. Uh, I'll let you start. Cause, cause your topic is, is more of a bigger theme when it comes to impact. I, I want to focus on just one certain wrestler and impact. This is the JJ portion of the show. So we're going to at least maintain his viewership. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so no, do, you want, do, you want, do you want me to go into mine? Yes. Or yours? What's your oh, spotlight? But, okay. Cause well, cause our, our spotlights kind of overlap to a degree. So, um, so my spotlight is impact wrestling and ring of honor. Their storyline right now with the honor, no more stable. And the fact that it is now official that at no surrender, there's going to be a 10 man hardcore war. And it's going to be team, team Impact, which is funny to say because I don't – this is so off topic. But back in high school, there was a thing called Team Impact that came to my high school. It was like a, it was like a church – it was like, it was those guys who, like, go up on stage and, like, rip phone books in half and, like, smash through glass and stuff, like ice cubes. Um, they were called Team Impact. Anyways, that was – I'll never forget that. So we have Team wait, Impact. Wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. So they call themselves Team Impact, and they would – they, they would basically do like strongman stuff. Yeah, whatever you call that. The, the, uh, yeah, workaholics did an episode on it. Yes, I was going to say this, yeah, this yeah. is exactly like workaholics. <laughs> yeah. no, but no, that exists. Like that, that those, those things are real. Like, and they, they set up at like churches and like do like motivational speeches and then like rip a phone book in half and like everyone goes crazy. Um, anyway, yeah, they were called Team Impact around where I was from. And like, I, I, they came to my high school once and I'll just never forget it. Um, cause it was basically pro wrestling, like, you know, without right. the wrestling. Um, but so we have team impact, 
which is Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, Josh Alexander. We got a, a shout out on uh, Dynamite last night, by the it way. Uh, Rhino and Rich Swan against Honor No More, which is Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO Vincent, and Kenny King. They'll, of course, be accompanied by Maria Kanellis. Now, there's a little bit of an underlying story here with Jonathan Gresham as well, because they're kind of courting him with the ROH group too, as this is going on. So there's a lot of layers to this. Um, but the reason it's my spotlight is because I guess the question for me to you is, do you, how have you liked the Ring of Honor invasion so far? And do you think that this hardcore war is... Like, is this the end of that for now when, like, we don't see these ROH guys for a minute? Or do you think that they're going to continue to get, like, more and more integrated into Impact Wrestling? Oh, I think they're going to continue with this. Like, I expect them to, to win this thing. And so they, they keep it going. Um, I've enjoyed it because it it has been, like, one of the biggest central focuses on the show. Like, I, I think it's overshadowed the, the world title stuff a lot of weeks, which, which is completely fine by me. I don't have too much use for the world title scene right now. Uh, but when it, when it comes to the guys that ROH has, like it would have been, I'm not saying it feels like total WCW invasion where they didn't have any of the top stars. They have Gresham there, which is obviously big. It would have been good if they could have had the, the Briscoes there. That would have been nice. You know, we just saw Taven and Vincent, like they kind of did their blood feud. So now seeing them on the same side is a little, little weird for me um and like pco i mean i know he's a former champion and everything i wish they could have gotten and, and honestly this is kind of a representation of what roh was in, in the final days here is like it's it was these guys and when you think of roh and all their history and everything these guys don't really jump off the page as hey these are like roh through and through kind of guys so that's that's sort of my it, it's it's on a gripe because it's the best they can do and really it, it does make sense outside of not getting like the briscoes this it, it's tough they found the guys that they probably could should put in this role uh but i think a team roh will win because i think this is going to continue and i think it's going to kind of be a, an overlying thing until roh does make its return in april and obviously no surrender is coming up here in february so yeah i, I think they're gonna they're gonna run with this for another couple months yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just wanted to get kind of a, a an opinion on that because I could also see them like just kind of it being like a short-term thing, but I think it makes more sense if it's more long-term, uh, myself personally. Then you also have the Bullet Club thing going on sim simultaneously, which I wanted to kind of tie in a little bit to this. How have you felt about that? Because obviously this isn't the Bullet Club of even a couple years ago, but like I feel personally like it's falling pretty flat, but like I like Jay White and I like Chris Bay and stuff, but like... I, and do you feel kind of the same way? It just kind of feels a little forced almost. Man, they when they had Jay White confront Kenny Omega last year, like that was that's when it felt like it really should have been kicked into to gear to lead to that eventual match. And then that immediately got dropped. And now it's just a come down off of that. And it's tough to recreate that. It doesn't help that Bullet Club, like what's going on in New Japan right now, the Bullet Club stuff isn't good it's just like evil i guess is the de facto leader and he sucks so yeah like no it's good. yeah so like that doesn't help like bullet club just does not feel very hot right now and a lot of it has to do with like jay white's just been here in america he's been doing doing new japan strong stuff and i like a lot of new japan strong stuff it's not a hot product because they just tape a bunch of stuff months out and then it finally airs so it just doesn't none of it feels all that fresh um so bullet club just doesn't feel very hot right now 
it, it feels about as hot as it can be in impact, but it's certainly not what it was like a year ago. I mean, I think today is the anniversary of Kenta showing up on dynamite and like bullet club. Like that's when people are like, Oh shit, bullet club elite. Like here's Kenta coming over here and Kenny's like, Oh, you know, send, tell brother Jay, we said, thank you. And everything like, that's when it felt like it, it was big time stuff. And now it's like, all right, cool. We got, we got like good brothers and, and God and, and Jay white and everything like they're core members, but because a lot of those guys have fallen, so much because of the pandemic and they haven't been able to be on television regularly. They haven't been in new Japan regularly. It, it definitely, and look impact is what it is. It, it wasn't hot throughout the pandemic running those empty arena shows. It definitely doesn't feel very hot. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way you do. And I think a lot of the fan base does, unfortunately, like a few years ago, it would have been cool as hell seeing God just in the U S just doing something on like mainstream U S wrestling, you know, and now it's just kind of like, don't enjoy paying attention. It feels like I do feel like impact did get a bit more buzz coming out of uh, hard to kill because, yeah. because of a lot of the stuff that happened on the show. And I do feel like there are more people paying attention to impact right now than there were even a couple months ago, but I'm afraid that that impact is so cyclical with this, where it just goes, it just, it just, the, the, the interest just kind of wanes and then it gets, high for the one you know four pay-per-views a year and in between it just kind of just the roller coaster of like people caring and yeah it just and man but like like we were saying if we could have had the bullet club like a real bullet club story like you know that yeah it just it just feels it's like too little too late and on top of it too like i as much as i like uh gallows and anderson like on a personal level as wrestlers on the show, they're, they're very generic to me. And like, that's the feud is like the bullet club versus the, you know, versus uh, gals and Anderson. Now gals and Anderson are trying to, uh, you know, align with, um, uh, bound by design and stuff. So it's just getting kind of, it is kind of weird. It, 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 it's not as big of a deal as it should be. It is. And I mean, they're missing like Jay white is a major player. God major players, good brothers, major players from the past, but like, People associate that Bullet Club stuff so much with Omega, Young Bucks, even Cody to agree, uh, but and then certainly like Balor and AJ. Like if you don't have one of those figures, it is tough. And Jay White could have held that. I feel like could have held it together, but he's cooled off so much over the last year being in America due to the pandemic that his name just it doesn't carry that same buzz that it did while while he was in Japan. So I, I think that's. It's not their fault. Uh, I mean, look, trying to tease Omega and Jay White at the end of that show and then never following up on it, that is kind of their fault. Uh, But as far as where the buzz is at right now, not totally their fault. It's not their fault that uh, when Good Brothers wrestled at New Japan Strong, the G.O.D. music was screwed up and then the mics were screwed up and no one cared about that segment in the the New Japan uh, USA show. So like that didn't help anybody uh, for that match. Some of it's not Impact's fault. The, some of it is, but it de- it definitely feels a little cold. They're doing a lot of invasion storyline, a lot of like gang warfare. Hey, people want to knock AW for gang warfare. That's all Impact is right now. It's a bunch of gang warfare stuff. I, I think they're really just doing anything they can to just try to get any kind of buzz. So this it's like throwing just a lot of stuff against the wall and just seeing what sticks, kind of kind of thing. 
that's sort of what impact has been for a while now. It's like, all right, yeah. cool. We'll run a kid over with a car, but here's also this, this, this great X division match with like Ace Austin. Now here's a women's world champion, but here's another great X division match with Chris Bay. Like that's sort of what, what impact has always been is like, uh, let's just do some dumb shit to hopefully get some buzz and people will come in and they'll, they'll test our product and they'll love it. Cause those pay-per-views for a while, that was the thing with them, right? Is like they, they would do these banger pay-per-views and then no one would care to watch yeah. the television. Yeah. Now it seems like at least people like they did good numbers this past week. So it seems like people are kind of checking out the television. I wonder how long uh Mickey had to had to do with that being in the Rumble. I wonder how much she she had to do with that. And now that 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 whole whole deal is over, will the will the viewership go down heading into No Surrender? I hope they continue to to keep up because they have like they've got a lot of good talent and they're doing some some good stuff. They're trying stuff. God bless them. They're trying. Yeah, one and to the to the point with Mickey, that that did seem to help. It really did, um, yeah. as far as the viewership, which I'm not gonna say I'm surprised by, but like it it worked. Like what they were trying to accomplish, you know, by having her on WWE and them mentioning the knockouts championship and her wearing the knockouts title and all that stuff, I think it did translate into people checking out impact, probably for the first time in a long time, maybe the first time ever. So that's the benefit of a lot of this cross promotion type stuff. Sometimes on the surface level, it doesn't now, now it's on impact to try to capitalize just like when they had access to Omega and their ratings spiked, but then like they couldn't get people to stick around because they didn't, they didn't capitalize on it. The guys that he should have been when Kenny Omega was the champion, we shouldn't have been sitting through him as good as some of this stuff wound up being, it shouldn't have been him versus Callahan and him versus Edwards and stuff. It should have been him versus Ace Austin and him versus Chris Bay and, and stuff like that. Like, and then, you're building your new stars and getting people to potentially stick around. And they just, they haven't done a good, they, they do a good job of like generating buzz occasionally, but they do a very poor job of like, of like capitalizing on the momentum. So one guy, I mean, one guy, and this is going to be my spotlight that yeah. I feel they should really push is, is Steve Macklin because this guy, I, I mean, I've, I've praised him before and I did not know he had this in him coming off his WWE run. Cause if you just watch his WWE run there, he wasn't showcased. A whole lot, certainly not as a single star, but there was a lot of talk about him after he got released. That like, yeah, this guy can go and everything. And since he's been an impact, he's been tremendous. Whether it's been vignettes or in the ring, I've loved this feud with John and Jonathan Gresham. I know the match was a couple weeks ago, the the peer rules match that Gresham won. They're gonna have the rematch tonight on Impact. I encourage everybody to to check that out if it's half as good as it was um, as the peer rules match will be. But we didn't have a show then. But like the finish to that match. With, with Gresham like using the ropes for leverage because everybody was at a rope breaks. That was so clever, such clever stuff right there. And, and Jonathan Gresham, one of the smartest dudes in wrestling, but that was such a clever finish. And, and Macklin, and he's been killing it, can wrestle a number of different styles. And, and I also want to spotlight it because he, he mentioned in an interview that he wants to potentially do some, it was with a uh, uh, ringside rant. I want, I want to make sure to shout them out. Uh, ringside rant did the interview and he mentioned that like he's been talking with new japan about doing some of that obviously borders got to open and everything for him to go over there i wouldn't be surprised if you see him in new japan strong uh it's uh, one of these tapings and then once things do open up i could definitely see him in new japan and you know him and tomohiro ishii just beating the shit out of each other in these matches man i love ishii i would love that matchup um there's a lot of good guys he could wrestle over there for sure I, I've really enjoyed his stuff in Impact. I love that match with Gresham. 
him him using the closed fist right at the beginning, like just yeah. just ta- just taking the the um the warning right away, but getting the advantage from it. As you mentioned with the finish, you know Jonathan Gresham is probably the best guy in wrestling. Danielson's up there too, but Gresham I'd, I'd even edge just a little bit more towards like he's the best guy just getting the most basic moves over. Like I mean he he can beat you with. I mean, we hardly ever see someone lose to a figure four leg lock. I mean, we hardly see anyone ever lose to like an octopus stretch and stuff like this. But like he makes it to where it's just super, super believable. And he had that figure four in on Macklin at the end for so long. And there was all these near falls where Macklin, his his shoulders would hit the mat and the ref would go for the count and he'd kick out. And then, like you said, I've never seen a finish like that before where Gresham like climbed up the ropes and like held on for the leverage and that was too much for Macklin and Macklin got caught with his pants down basically like he, the, the 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 pressure was too much his his he went on his shoulders hit the mat and then it was like one two three and like he kicked out like right away but it was like it was just enough like that's that's all Gresham needed to get the job done at very at the very end like the the ring psychology of Gresham is incredible and I think that Steve Macklin is just, he's a really, really good example of somebody who the WWE had no idea what to do with in that even I thought was a bit generic just from what I had seen of him. And then since coming to impact, he has done nothing but impress me consistently. Um, Especially, I mean, doing all this stuff with the X division where he didn't really fit in quote unquote, but like he made it work um, with his style and he's having just really, really good matches. So um. So yeah, I'm all for. And here's the thing: in Japan, especially, a guy like him is going to translate over huge because yeah, all he's got to do is show up wearing black boots and black trunks and just and just keep doing the matches he's doing right now, just against the guys over there, and and he'll get over big time over there. I think so. Um, yeah, for sure. I think he he's be an absolute hit in Japan because you mentioned it like black boots, black trunks doesn't have like the greatest physique in the world. Like he he just. He looks just kind of like an everyman almost. And he still goes out there and just has killer matches with a variety of opponents. And his style definitely translates very, very well to Japan. So I hope eventually once the borders get open and everything, he is able to make it out to Japan, do a tour over there because I think he'd get over very big. And I'm like, good for Steve Macklin, man. I didn't, WWE stuff, he was caught in, he wasn't in the, the best situation there, especially with that that gimmick by the time he got to the main roster and then whatever they're going to do with Corbin. Uh, but he's really found himself an impact. And you like to see these guys succeed where you don't think that, oh, okay, they got released by WWE, they'll move on, they'll do nothing. It's cool seeing those guys like reinvent themselves or just really showcase who they truly are and succeed. I mean, his his girlfriend, Deanna Prazo, very much the same way of WWE, lost in the shuffle, couldn't win, now arguably the best women's wrestler very true i mean just just because the WWE, i mean they unfortunately have a track record of of doing this to a lot of people so it's like i never like to judge anybody based strictly off of their runs in the WWE because a lot of the time like you're saying i mean jonna perrazzo and steve macklin are two very very good examples perrazzo is like the prime example of it i mean she legitimately might be she's one of the best wrestlers in the world like regardless of gender right now i mean she really is and she's I mean, and, and she was just wasting away there. They just had, just had no plans. It's just, 
Yeah. So I'm very happy for Macklin. And someone, someone put, uh, they mentioned Serena Deeb in there. Not only yeah. was Serena Deeb an incredible wrestler and, you know, all we really saw of her in the WWE was like forever ago with the straight edge society and all that. They had her tucked away as a, as a coach for like all these years and stuff. Like I, it's, they just don't see the same value in a lot of these wrestlers. And it's just, just is what it is. It's like a lot of people were saying in the chat. Shout out to Joseph. It, you, you... It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Get what you get, I suppose. <laughs> you, uh, people people can say Serena Deeb, and that's completely fine. I would say like Sasha, Serena, and Diana are top three. And if you want to argue for any of those three, you can make an argument for those yep. three. Uh, they are all just tremendous professional wrestlers. So we're talking American. I, I can't say enough. No, no, I know enough about the, the Joshi landscape to like actually know uh, who, who could be better from, from, from over there compared to the American landscape. Uh, Jensen, the Indies, my spotlight this week for the Indies, Sean Waltman's back. Teeman, we saw him at the world on GCW. He came out he helped Janela against Brian Myers and, and Matt Cardona. And then he, he's coming back to wrestle in an official capacity. He's going to team with Janela against Cardona and Myers. This was announced this week. Uh, GCW, heartbreak, I, I believe it is. Um, and, and he's back. He's, he's been cleared. He said he did an interview with Sports Illustrated. And he said like he wants to you know kind of do a run and thinks his way and it's not going to be a nostalgia thing either like he's he said he's he's going to come back he's going to play some new songs he's not just going to come out there and play the hits i'm looking forward to this sean waltman return because he was one of my favorite dudes to watch growing up whether it was one two three kid lightning kid x Pac, uh sean waltman six Pac, whatever it was he he would have just killer matches and then a lot of stuff got in the way whether there was injuries or personal personal issues just a lot of stuff got in the way and ruined a lot of things for him but I'm a big fan of Sean Waltman. I'm excited to see him back in this capacity. Uh, and yeah, man, what are your thoughts on Waltman coming back? Dude, I love it because I love it for a lot of reasons. One, there's this whole generation of wrestling fans that are just a little bit younger than me and you are that have grown up on this term X-Pac heat. Yeah. That, that was the most un, 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 uh, undeserved terms like ever in wrestling. X-Pac was never, at least in my opinion, and I watched him from like the mid nineties through, you know, pretty much his whole career from then, you know, like, I mean, like you did, I mean, we, X-Pac was ultra over in the, during the attitude era, whether it was, I mean, WCW was a little different cause he was more of like a lackey to the NWO, like, like Waltman with, uh, with Hall and Ash and stuff, but like him as X-Pac was he was super popular. He's still probably one of the most popular wrestlers right now. If you were just to talk to someone who hasn't watched wrestling since the nineties and you're like, Hey, remember, uh, remember so-and-so and they'll be like, oh, I don't know. But if you mention X-Pac at the very least, they'll, they'll throw you a crotch chop. Like they'll, they'll remember that. Like, you know, so, you know, I, I never thought that he deserved the whole X-Pac heat thing. Cause he never made me want to change the channel. I, I can think of a lot of wrestlers that I, that I would change the channel way before I would for X-Pac. Yeah. Um, now 
That said, him coming back to the Indies, I absolutely love it because when he came out and he came out to that run DMC. Uh, oh, DX that's the best remix. DX version. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. That's the best DX theme. Dude, that was so sick. And and not only that, he comes in, he hits a, a nice spinning heel kick. And then he does this like spin kick to the body and on the rotation hits the X factor. Like it was so smooth. Like he looks like he hasn't, he hasn't missed a beat. He teased the Bronco Buster. Like he didn't hit it, but like he teased going for it uh, on Cardona uh, at Hammerstein. So they left some meat on the bones there. Cause like we didn't get to see all of his stuff again. And I'm sure he'll go out there and do all the stuff we remember. He'll probably do a, a flip over the top rope and, you know, and, and his kicks in the corner with like the, the spin kick and all that. I mean, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Cause you also know there's this whole generation of wrestling fans that grew up as fans of him and they're going to want him to look good too. Like they're yeah. going to, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I am all for it. I'm all for any, I'm all for anybody coming back. If they can still go in the ring and there's still a demand to see them and they aren't in the process, like, screwing up the progression of the next generation which i don't think is gonna i think i think let me put it this way i think x-pac will only add to it like yes for x-pac to have a match with someone like jordan oliver or someone for instance win or lose jordan oliver hits a new level just by having a match with x-pac you know like there's so there's there's a lot of benefit there and it looks like he can still go it looks like he's in good shape and i'm happy to see the redemption man i mean i'm sure you you remember man all the the, the, the sex tapes and the drugs and the reality shows. And like the guy just looked like he was at the bottom of the, of the barrel years back. And now he looks like he's really, he's really turned it around and good on him. I I, I love to see him get another chance like this. Yeah. A hundred percent. And again, he's, he's turned his life around and now he gets to go out the way that he wants to go out. Looks in great shape. He, he said that, and he's not gonna he's not gonna totally play the hits. I'm with you. We'll see like a Bronco Buster. We'll see the spin kick in the corner and all that stuff. But I think he's gonna add some some new stuff. I think he's gonna surprise some people. And you're also right in that like he's gonna elevate a lot of these guys on the indies. Like right now, he's just he's in a match with, with Janela, Cardona, Myers, like all these guys are established. He ain't messing up anything there. The indies is is definitely less about wins and losses and more just about like, hey, cool, have this great match, kind of boost your name type of thing. Uh, Cause I look at a guy like too cold Scorpio and, and like, I, I love too cold Scorpio. He was never really the name that, that Sean Waltman Xbox was, but Scorpio just goes out there. People are just like happy to wrestle this guy. They don't care if they win or lose. He goes out there. He has these great matches and people get buzzed off just facing Scorpio. And I feel like Waltman is in that same boat, but even a little bit higher because again, I think Waltman is just a bigger name throughout history than Scorpio. I don't think that can be really disputed. So I think it's going to work similar to that is he's going to do like some big time matches and stuff, but he's also, he's going to go out there and just kind of wrestle like cool little dream matches that you weren't thinking of. And people are just going to be really excited to see him do this shit. Yeah, I, I totally agree uh, with all of that, you know, and, and if he can go on the ring still, like it looks like he can, it's just going to make it all, all that much better. And let's also not forget, I mean, Kevin Nash popped up in Detroit at GCW. Like, I have no idea what the condition of Scott Hall is. I, 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 I don't know, but like, I, I, my point is there's some people that are linked to X-Pac that maybe they could even do a little thing where they don't have to all be wrestling related, but just having like, the wolf pack or something just like involved in gcw in any way is just it's the perfect show for something like that because once again it's not going to overshadow the the newer stars that they have gcw is such a variety show between the death matches and the technical matches and the young stars and the veterans and all this stuff that i think there is a place for guys like sean waltman and 
and Kevin Nash and stuff, what, wrestling or not, to just be a part of the show to some degree. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it personally. Hundred percent. I cannot wait to see see Waltman back. Uh, that's the GCW show later on this month. Jensen, your indie spotlight is has to do with Bola, which wrapped up this past weekend. Yes. So PWG Bola Battle of Los Angeles, one of if not the most prestigious tournament in all of independent wrestling. Um, I'd say it's right up there with tournaments like the Scenic City, Scenic City Invitational in uh, Chattanooga. That's one of my favorites as well. There, there's some really, really, really prestigious tournaments out there on the Indies. Bola, probably the most well-known, and they bring in a lot of great talent. And I've read the results, and spoiler alert, I feel like this can't really be a spoiler because you won't be able to see the show for like six months. But like Dana Garcia won, which I think is incredible. Good for him. I mean, the, the, the year, the calendar year that this guy has had since this time last year to now, phenomenal, phenomenal. The guy's the future of wrestling. Love it. Love seeing him get that win. Awesome. But this is my point, right? Is like, it's 2022. These need to be streamed live. And if not live, like the next day, I mean, if, if you're trying to incentivize people to go live to the show, so you don't want to show it live to everyone else online or whatever. I don't like that, but like, I can accept it if you're putting the show out, you know, within the next week or something, but I just, I, I get, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to maximize their profits because they, they still do the DVD and, and Blu-ray thing. And, and it sounds like it's going to be like six months until we can watch Bola if you weren't there live. And times have just changed. You know, at one point PWG could get away with that uh, ring of honor. Their whole model was that years ago. It was all you had to wait for DVDs. And then they turned to eye pay-per-view and never looked back. I mean, that, that and that's just kind of my spotlight is, PWG is a company that attracts a, a, a really hardcore audience of fans. They bring in great professional wrestlers. They get a lot of buzz for their shows. And they just, they just, it's just an awesome promotion for so many reasons. And the one negative is that we can't watch their shows live. And that we, not only that, we have to wait like half a year to watch this stuff. And even on top of that, I don't want to buy a DVD or a Blu-ray, Blu-ray anymore. Like I just want to, I just want to hit a button on my computer and or on my Xbox or whatever, and like boom, it's right there, and I've got it forever. Like I, it's it's 2022 pro wrestling gorilla. Y'all got to figure this out, and y- y'all got to start streaming these shows live. I, I you know I know you're leaving money on the table because, or at least they think you're leaving money on the table because what they do is they'll they'll sell the DVDs. They'll make money on that. They'll put extras on the DVDs, like behind this, the extra matches or like behind the scenes footage and extra stuff. And they really load those DVDs up. But I think at the, on the flip side, they're alienating a, a big part of, of business too, because I think a lot of people just don't buy the DVD or just don't watch Bola because by the, by that time it was, it was, it happened half a year ago. And it's just like, well, I already know what happened. And so much has happened since then. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for this anymore. I think a lot more people would buy the show and watch the show if it was live. So that that's where I'm at with PWG. I don't necessarily know if they need to be live because the production of, of running live is, is certainly different than the production of, of running tape. Um, I do think six months is kind of outrageous to be able to watch this. Like Daniel Garcia has big buzz right now. I assume in six months, it'll be very good still, but there's also the possibility that something could happen in the next six months where Garcia is just not that guy. And then you're just now getting around to watching his bolo run and everything. 
And, and that's a, that's a tough thing to, to deal with is like, you don't know where the industry is going to be in six months when these shows finally come out on streaming or finally come out on, on DVD. I think if you can cut it down to like a week, that would be cool. If you can get the shows out the following week, that would be great. I don't know what the production cost of all this stuff is because like you said, their, their goal is to make money, which it should be. And so trying to, I don't know how much talent cost is. I don't know anything about the cost of, of any of this stuff, but they've been doing it this way for a very long time and bless them. They managed to survive this entire time, but the times have changed. There are more options than ever when it comes to, when it comes to streaming and, and how to, and content and, and content consumption. And you would think they would want to try to get with the times a little bit more than just, Hey, here's, uh, you know, you got to wait six months, subscribe to high spots, buy the DVD, whatever it might be. You can still put out DVDs. You can still do your collector uh, stuff, but, you know, put some bonuses on the DVD if you need to, to incentivize people to buy those. But it is, it is tough as a wrestling fan to hear about, oh, this great Daniel Garcia match uh, or, or this great, um, what, what match people say was really good. Uh, Speedball Bailey against, I think, Shelly. Uh, I think people were saying that that match was like off off the charts. Great. And it's like, yeah, cool. We'll watch it in six months. Like that's tough. Exactly. That, yeah. And that, that's my whole point is it's just, I mean, I, I just feel like a lot of people are going to be talking about Bola right now. And then six months from now, no one's going to be talking about it. And like, they're just going to be really, really low. just low incentive to, to buy the show at that point. It's just, and even at that point, it's like, you waited that long. I'm not advocating this or telling people to do this, but like, let's keep it real. Like if that show comes out six months from now, but you know, a few weeks after that, someone's probably going to have it uploaded online. You can just watch it for free. Like people are just going to, you've already already waited six months. Like what's waiting another few weeks once the DVD comes out to just, someone will upload it online. You know what I mean? It's just, I hate to say that. I'm I'm not, I, I, I support these companies. I, I, I pay for these streaming services and stuff like that, but, I'm just saying in the mind of a wrestling fan, you're already waiting half a year. You know, I just don't, I just feel like a lot of people just aren't going to pay for it. You know, it's just yeah. unfortunate. I don't know what PW, I mean, we know what PWG can do. I don't know if PWG wants to do any of this stuff because they've been back now for six months. Their, their first show uh, back, the mystery vortex show that just hit the high spots network. And that's when people are surprised like, Oh, six months, this feels, feels early. <laughs> like think yeah. about that is it's six months. People are like, Oh man, this is actually early. Um, <laughs> so it's been six months since they've been back. I don't know if they actually want to do anything different. They might just be okay with doing it this way. And if, they are then what can you do move to move to los angeles go to the globe theater to watch all these shows really <laughs> all i can say I, yeah I, I yeah i mean that's really it you know and that's the thing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and be like pwg is they're they're foolish or that they're I, i'm not gonna try to get in the minds of them as business people and stuff and, and their their ideas and what they want to do i'm just saying as a fan you know, and I'd say the, I'd say the same thing about MLW, by the way. They don't wait six months, but a lot of the time they'll have like a big show that's being taped for like a quote-unquote pay-per-view. But it won't come out for like three weeks or a month or whatever from the time of the... And, it, and the, the reason why it's so important in today's landscape is because with the internet, all this stuff gets out and it's unavoidable. If you're a yeah. wrestling fan, you're going to come across the results to this stuff, even if you don't want to, in most cases, like you'll see pictures that people posted from the show or some, some sort of spoilers or whatever will pop up wherever. 
it just, you know, it, it, it just, you know, if PWG wants to keep doing this, that's totally fine. And that's just on them. But as a fan who does not live anywhere near California that wants to watch these you gotta shows. Move. You got to move, Steven <laughs> Jensen. If you want your PWG fix, move to California. But how follow, crazy is it? Follow MLW. Go on tour with MLW. Go to all the... They're going to Dallas soon. They're going to Charlotte. I think they're going to Chicago. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but they're, they're going to all these places. Yeah, be like a groupie who follows all these bands and, and load up and just follow MLW around. That's that's, that's right. what they want. Right. So they're exactly, right? And that that's the whole thing is like, it's just crazy that I could... I could go to a show locally in, in a bar in front of 50 people and watch that live on IWTV. You know what I mean? But like, you can't watch Bola. Like what? <laughs> you know, it's just, that's just how I feel about it. But I that all said, I, I, I want to reiterate PW, PWG does a great job. They always have a, a lot of the stars of today that you're seeing on mainstream wrestling came through Bola. Um, I think they definitely have a place in wrestling. I, I'm excited for them to come back. I, I love what they've done. I love the, the talent they bring in. Uh, they have incredible matches. Like, I love everything about PWG. I just want to be able to watch it. Even just six months is just a long time, man. I mean, six months. So that's just, that's just, that's just where I'm at with it. Fair. I mean, I'm I'm with you, honestly. I, I'm completely with you. Uh, I, it used to be uh, the pregnancy was was faster than PWG, so we should right. we should give them we should give them a little bit of credit that they've at least okay. gone down for six months. Yeah, we'll give them credit that it doesn't take like ten months anymore. Now it's like only <laughs> only half a year until you can watch their shows. Again, um, it used to be you could have you could conceive and deliver a child before you could watch a PWG show. So they've cut that down at least. Yeah. True. But support PWG, everyone, honestly. Like, they are a great company. I really, really love what they do. I, I just, it'd just be great to watch. I, I would love to watch Dana Garcia watch Bolo, win Bolo right now, but I can't. Jensen is so, so hurt by this. He's so hurt. I know. The times have just changed, man. I don't want to sound like a beating a dead horse, but like, you can watch. Dude, mo- I mean, there are companies that don't even have. I have, and I'm not saying this is great, but I'm saying they at least try. There are some companies I'll literally watch that somebody is clearly just filming the show on their own cell phone and uploading yeah. it live to Twitch. Like I that, mean, was, that was, I don't know. I don't know if you watched this. Uh, it was an impact plus special and Josh Matthews, like his battery was dying on his phone <laughs> and they were like filming it. They're, they were filming it like on Josh Matthews phone. He's like, I gotta have my phone back. Like I gotta charge it. My battery is dying. Oh my god, that's so fun! A little like battery things, like blinking in the corner, like uh, oh, that's how man. like Impact gets by, man. They just they just film it all on the iPhone. That's how Impact shoots all the material. <laughs> man, guys, earlier this week, Steven Jensen and I spoke to IWTV Independent Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion AC Mack. We talked about him last week on the show. That was Jensen's spotlight for the Indies. AC Mack winning that title, defeating. Alex Shelley. And earlier this week, AC Mack was kind enough to give us a 35 minutes of his time. We talked about his, his title win. We talked about his future. talked about some mental health stuff. So you get to know AC Mack as the, as a wrestler, as a person, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. And Jensen, anything else to say before I throw to this interview? No, um, me and Jeremy will pop back on here right after the interview to bid you adieu. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, I really enjoyed doing this interview with AC. He's a great dude. Uh, we got, I think, I think people are going to really enjoy this. And uh, yeah, this is the current reigning defending IWTV independent wrestling world champion, AC Mack. There we go, everyone. Welcome to the interview portion of the spotlight. This is our creator spotlight. I, of course, am Steven Jensen, joined as always with Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is the former longtime action wrestling champion, the former Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm champion, the 2021 SCI tournament winner. He hails from the SWATs. <laughs> of Atlanta, Georgia, and he is your new, current, reigning, and defending IWTV Independent Wrestling World Champion. He is the Mac of all trades, Crazy. AC Mac. Thank <laughs> you for joining us, man. How are you and Iris doing today? Man, we are doing just well. We're on top of the world. On top of the world. I'm still, it's been over a week now, and my phone notifications are still going off. Um, people are hitting me up about bookings, podcasts, everything out the, out the wazoo. So it's been dope. It's been dope. I feel, I feel very loved. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been it's the first time I've ever had to like put my phone on do not disturb just to go to sleep. So that's interesting. <laughs> Man, I, I love, I love to hear it. And you know, the big news of course with you right now is winning that IWTV world championship and. I'm super happy for you, man. I've followed your career for quite a long time now. I've been in the building there at the Basement East watching you do your thing in Nashville, <laughs> Tyrone, Georgia for action wrestling. I'm good buddies with Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, who does a lot of the commentary around the Southeast. Right. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I very much have followed this journey, uh, the SCI Rumble victory, all the Scenic City tournaments. Like, I, I've, I've followed this for years now, and... Uh, to have you win that title, especially in Tyro, Georgia, which is like, that's your building, that's your crowd, your people out there. Like, how did it feel not just winning the IWTV title, but like it all happened there, which had to have made it, you know, extra special. Yes, it made it extra special. I was beyond nervous. Um, that whole week, I was just freaking out and having like little mini attacks, but um, it felt great. They, they, planned to where we had the double down and everybody would like rush the ring support i i knew we had that planned but like i forgot if that makes sense uh so when it happened it it you know we're all tired we're, you know i'm still nervous even in the ring and it just kind of gave me like a jolt of, of energy so i it felt great it felt it felt like a birthday party. It felt like everybody was there to, <laughs> to help celebrate you. And um, it was a big moment. You know, a lot of people uh, were able to put their egos aside and, and put matches on the card. Um, so it was cool for, for the South to band together um, and do something cool like that. I, I'm very proud of it. Um, it's an historic moment. And that's it's it's definitely the biggest moment of my career so far. So. It felt amazing. <laughs> I got to say, Steven Jensen, he wanted to, he's like, I got to do the introduction because he has a certain way that he does the introduction. Mm. And I hope you, I hope Jensen can be brought along with you everywhere to do this intro for you. Cause I thought yeah. he did a tremendous job with the intro there. Not, not like he does though. Like, so <laughs> a, see, this, this is part of what a, makes AC Mac so great is like as great as, as he is in the ring, he's an even better talker in my opinion. And he comes out there and he, he 
do you give the refs a heads up by the way that they're going to be holding that title belt over their head for like <laughs> yeah. five minutes while you're, so, so so but but no that, that's that's part of what's so great about what what you do man is like you come out and you get you get the crowd to either love you or hate you on the microphone before the match even starts. And I think that's a big part of what you do. Hey, I'll take the compliment, Jeremy, doing the <laughs> intro there, but I don't even do it justice uh, the way that he does it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't, I, I do talk to the ref beforehand um, and the announcers too. If I go somewhere new, um, you know, they have to do their job and go around and get everybody's information. And I'm not a dick about it. Like I'll, I'll let them know before, if they don't know already, you know? So I'm a nice guy in real life, believe it or not. <laughs> you mentioned that you said this in the, the pre-match promo, and then you mentioned it here. Everybody kind of coming together to get this match to happen. How much of a struggle was it to to put this together? Because you also, in your, your post-match promo, you mentioned Beyond and Drew. It seemed mm-hmm. like there was, and then you guys have had your, your Twitter beef with each other that I've seen. Yeah. Like, how how much of a struggle was it to to really get this match with Alex Shelley for this title together at this venue in this event? Uh, well, to put the matches together for the car or to get everybody on board, that actually wasn't a struggle, believe it or not. But to have the match with Alex Shelley and to have it here in the South, um, that was the biggest struggle. As you can see, I won you know, the SCI in August, and I didn't get the title shot until a few weeks ago here in January. Um, so it, it took a minute. It took a minute. For whatever reason, you know, they didn't want that championship defended down here, um, probably because they knew this was going to happen. But, yeah, it was it was a huge struggle, and it took me calling IWTV out. It took me calling Jerry out on every live uh, show I could get on. Anytime I had a mic and was with IWTV, I let them know that hey, I'm 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 still here. I'm I'm still waiting. I didn't get my shot yet, so it was a it was a struggle. We're here now though, but it was a struggle. <laughs> yeah, especially like down here in the south. Some names I wanted to get just kind of some thoughts on from you. Uh, just kind of like a word or two, or like anything you'd like to say about these three people. I was interested, especially with you talking about the things that it takes to 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 get things like this to happen, really in the south, or you know, get everyone together and the, the titles and how all that gets gets worked out. Matt Griffin, Scott Hensley, and Dylan Hales. Those are three names that I'd kind of like to get your opinion on. Um, that, that is a team that believed in me, you know, years ago. Uh, I think the first time I went to a Scenic City event was the Rumble in 2017, I want to say. And ironically, I was only in it for like 17 seconds. But was that the one where you won? You were the last entrant into the match. And no, no, I'm talking about maybe a year or two before, maybe two years before that. Right. Okay. Maybe. Gotcha. I'm getting the years mixed up, but um, that was the first time. And you know, they I rocked with them, and they kept saying like, "We got you, we got you." I didn't know that I was the long term play. Um. I just kind of kept seeing things and if it didn't go my way, I'd say something and they'd be like, no, 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 we got you. We got you. We rocking with you. You are the long play. That's what they kept saying. And, and they believed in me. They kept, they kept making sure I was good. You know, wrestlers, we have our down moments, you know, everybody's not always chipper. Uh, It can get pretty dark. Um, And in those moments they were, they were kind of reminding me like, you know, 
we're working on this. We're, we're talking with IWTV. We're, we're really working. You are the long play. So, so stick with us. Um, I trust them. I trust them. They, they've acted as my, uh, counselors, my, my agents, <laughs> my motivators. Uh, um, I, yeah, I, I can't say, I don't know. They, they really believed in me. That's, that's the first thing I can, you know, I can think of. So I really do appreciate it because they saw something in me more, I guess more than I did at the time. Um, I know they pitched IWTV to me a while back, back when it was Powerbomb TV. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't understand what the vision was. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. We hit a wrestle. Yeah, I'll let y'all handle whatever you're talking about. But I, I didn't realize what it could become. I didn't, I didn't realize what it was going to be. So it's just funny looking back at it. They, they definitely, uh, believed in that vision and I trusted them and look, you know, we're here now. <laughs> What are your plans for for the title? Because it, it's been defended all mm. over, and there, there's been the the beef with the the Northeast and mm. everything. So, what what are your plans for the title moving forward? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Northeast because you know I I, I want to make a statement to them. I want them to know that you, you know you're you're no longer overlooking us. You know this championship is only going to be defended in the Southeast, only in the South. So they're going to have to go without a championship for a while because I'm not letting this go. Um, we've got some big things coming up. I'm really, really excited. I can't speak on too, too much now, but uh, we've got stuff planned out until about August uh, about for, for different shows, uh, festivals, and, and things like that. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to IWTV putting more of a spotlight on Southern wrestlers. Um, because this is a slew of us down here and a lot of the big names that you hear about, a lot of them come from the South. And a lot of people don't know that because, you know, they're national, they're on a national scale, which is dope, but we do need to give credit where credit is due. Um, and the South is breeding a lot, a lot of good talent. And so that's what I want this reign to be. Uh, I want people to, uh, look back on this and be like, dang, put the whole region on his back. Dude, I love that so much because, you know, I, I lived in Nashville for like 10 years. I relocated yeah. to Atlanta recently. So, like, I'm very into SUP, SCI, and Action. Like, those are like my three main indies in this area. And you're very, very heavily featured, obviously, across the board. Um, and it's really cool to have that down here. Kind of these, like, brother and sister promotions with one yeah. another where you get to my see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. And, um, you know, you made history by winning your championship and you cut some of the best promos I've ever heard in wrestling that night, man. And, and I really, really, <laughs> no, on, no, honestly, like the, the speech that you gave after winning the IWTV title, I thought was absolutely incredible. I'm telling anyone that will, that wants to hear my opinion on wrestling, I'm saying go watch Southeast first on IWTV. Oh, my the gosh, show, oh yeah. The show from start to finish was fire. I mean, the crowd was hot as hell uh the, you weren't leaving that building without that title like those people had your back <laughs> to the point where like there were it would have been very 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 upsetting if you did, did not you win see that the match. sign if well, Mac well, loses we riot yeah yes no. yes which My was like came out. <laughs> yeah, yes and, and that and that's the truth i mean you mentioned it before everyone from the back you know came out they're all beating on the ring apron and the crowd's going crazy throughout the match and and then you win the one two three happens the crowd goes nuts and then you cut this this speech and um 
I guess what what is the the response been since you know talking about being openly gay and being the yeah. champion and and representation for not just um lgbtq plus but also being african-american i mean th this is something that i think is really big for representation in a lot of ways in wrestling um it so i don't even know how to to, to describe it it's 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 bigger than what i even thought of so I, I the match happened friday and i i think we did the research and found out that wednesday that oh shit, we're about to we're about to do this it's about to be a thing but it wasn't until the feedback afterwards to where I have uh, the Gay Times hit me up on Instagram. Uh, another publishing company over in the UK hit me up and they want to set up a shoot here. Uh, a few uh, a few of the gay dating sites shouted me out on Twitter. Like it, it is blowing my mind that they would even know that this happened. So that's that's been huge. Um, and and with the support even from the you know African American community as well, especially on Twitter, it's like you know you get pulled in, in, in both directions. But it's really really cool to be able to put on for so many different communities all at once. You know the gay community, the African American community, the, the Southern community, and then just the wrestling community as a whole. You know it's a little jolt in history, and I think that's I think it's a good thing. <laughs> Do you feel like any more? pressure or weight knowing that you are representing so many communities yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um almost to an, an unhealthy degree uh just the nerves and the anxiety and and stuff like that but i've been trying to manage it um, um I, I speak to my friends a lot uh my new boyfriend you know he, he helps a lot with that uh my family um it just comes with the territory when you when you care about something so much and now you have this responsibility and you want everything to go as as great as it possibly can you know you worry about things like that it's natural it's normal you know it's not what am i trying to say it's it, i don't it just it comes with the territory but it definitely that pressure is definitely there i do want to make that part known yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I can vouch for something you said a little earlier. You said, hey, I'm actually a really nice guy. If you like, if, if you come up <laughs> and you want to meet me, I'm a really nice guy. And I can vouch for that because I, I've talked about this before on like various platforms. But like the first time I met MJF, for instance, mm -hmm. like outside of like, like at a wrestling event, but like, every, like this happened, no one else was around. It was just me and him pretty much in a room and I like went to shake his hand and he like left me hanging and like told me to go F myself. And there was no one else around. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. Like this guy is serious. Like he's actually just this mean, like, and then I realized he was doing it to other people. And I was like, Oh, this yeah. guy's actually a genius. Like yeah. I, I, I can't believe what he's doing, but I, but so and I believe it too. With him. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you right. told me that about other people, I'd be like, eh, that's a little much, but with MJF, it makes sense. And, and, and with, with you, I kind of like was almost afraid. Cause I was like, because I've talked to you at like the, the basement east before. And I, I remember just kind of like just kind of in passing and me being like, I'm gonna say hi to AC Mac. I hope he I hope he isn't anything like what I see uh when, when he's when he's talking his, his trash, you know, before he yeah. whacks someone in the head with a steel gimmicks? chair. What's that? No, no, no. This was I I, I would usually so at the basement east, I kind of hang around and do some interviews and stuff sometimes before the oh. show. So I'd be I'd be kind of there when they're getting the ring set up and whatnot. And I remember you just kind of like walking in and 
I would just like said hello or something. And you were just like super nice. You were like, oh, hey, man, thanks for coming out and supporting the show. Like really happy to be here today. And like, it wasn't an interview or anything. It was just like just saying hello before the show. And I remember being like, dude, this was nothing like beating MJF. Like, like AC Matt can turn the switch on and off. Like he's so, so I tried to like kind of kayfabe it for a while and like not tell people like he's actually a really nice guy. But then like yeah. now that you're getting to do more stuff as, as kind of a good guy or baby face in wrestling, um, you get to show that more, uh, you know, kind of on screen. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like if you meet AC Mack in person, even if he's a total jerk on the show, he'll be very nice to you. Like when yeah. you go up and meet him. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty chill, man. I, I, and I had a few people tell me that too. They're like, oh, you're not like your character. You know, I thought you'd be a lot more, not me, but just like, they thought I would be like bigger, I guess, behind the scenes. Or, and I'm like, no, I'm the exact opposite. I would rather just chill and go to the movies all day, man. I, I'm not. <laughs> I leave. I leave all that out there, man. <laughs> you you mentioned uh, you know the ups and downs of a wrestler, really, just any person in general, not just wrestling. Now this this new pressure. What are some of the things you, you mentioned the the support uh, that you have from from your new boyfriend and others mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, in the southern southern part in wrestling, like anything else that you do to kind of like really take care of your mental health, because it's not, it's a big topic in, in life, but yeah. I, I I'm always interested in that. What other people kind of, kind of do to really take care of themselves in that, in that regard, because it's, it's extremely, extremely important, especially yeah. nowadays with everything going on. And I feel like it's getting worse. I don't know if it's social, yeah. or what, but like, I feel like it's for the people who already have it. I feel like it's getting stronger or, or yeah. worse, like I said, and the people who haven't had it before or never experienced it, I think they're just starting to now, it's starting to seep into them. And I don't know, it sucks. Uh, but some of the things I do, um, uh, I listen to music, uh, very, very big music guy. Uh, I mentioned going to the movies. I do that a lot. I um, love movies and I love going to the theaters alone. I know that's weird, but I'd rather go and see like two or three movies. I have like a movie subscription. Okay. You just you just unlimited go and you just go whenever. Um, I'm obsessed with movie popcorn. Um, I like being in that zone. I like being in that environment. And um, in the new Matrix movie, they have this quote um, that says, uh, "Nothing kills anxiety more than a little bit of nostalgia." Uh, and I agree with that. Like watching old TV shows that you grew up with, or like connecting with old friends. I'm still cool with my high school friends. I try to make the Taco Tuesday every week. Um, but, like, I know when I have, like, big matches coming up or if I'm super, super nervous, um, I love being around them because they just remind me of home. They remind me of something familiar. Um, they're my biggest cheerleaders. So any kind of doubt that I ha may have, they make sure they, they did that real quick. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of love, a lot of love uh, with the friends, with families, with the boyfriend, like, it's just a lot of love. I think that helps a lot, a lot. And just being reminded that, you know, you are some somebody special to somebody, something special to somebody. You know what I'm trying to say, something like that. Um, so th just those little small reminders. That's what does it, <clears throat> excuse me. That's what does it for me, the little small things. Yeah, I like that a lot. But I think that's really good advice about the nostalgia. Because I, I know that, like, without really thinking about that, I do that all the time when I'm feeling down. I watch something that I liked when I was a kid or hang out yeah, with like, my buddies from back in the day. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Some, like, old songs that, like, unlock old memories that were really not, you know, they put you in a good space. So I do a lot of that, yeah. I, I love that. Um, 
another question I had kind of along the same lines is, you know, being loved or hated as a wrestler. Do you have any preference on Eel. being? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I assume Eel. that was the case. Is that because of the freedom and all the things you get to do and say, or is it easier on you in the, in the ring? Oh, I only ask that because your style differentiates quite a bit. Like as a, as a heel, it's a lot of like, getting your butt kicked and then like kicking someone in the nuts and then rolling them up or hitting the yeah. Mac 10 as a baby face. Like you're like working full matches, like back and forth. And, and it's a bit different of a style. I feel like. Yeah. With, you know, so well, I just want your opinion on that. Honestly, all of that is correct. So as a heel, you have more freedom uh, as a heel. You're not, I don't want to say working as hard, but you're right. Like you, Normally, it's the baby face that's getting the flashier moves and the flashier spots, normally. Um, so it is kind of an easier load there. And on top of that, for me specifically, with the character, the, the whole AC Mac bravado, for me, I just think it's easier to, to jump into that as a heel. Um, they always say, you know, you can do the same thing as a face and blah, blah, blah. It, it's true, but it's a, it's a different vehicle for me. Uh, it's it's a it's a little bit more raw as a heel. It's it's a the stronger facials. I think um, you kind of sit in moments a little bit more, um, and and I enjoy that. It's very it's like a cinematic kind of performance. And with me loving movies so much, I I, I lean towards that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. And I guess that kind of leads me to my next question. And it was one of the first things I thought of when you won the title, the IWTV title at Action, mm -hmm. was, well, are we going to see kind of like a Bret Hart type scenario where you're a massive baby face in the South, but you're a heel everywhere else? Yeah, and that's and that's what we're going for. Okay, um, that's what we're going for. And I and I, I love it because e even though I do have a preference, it is going to be cool kind of playing the you know, uh, <clears throat> going back and forth and knowing something, you know, everything isn't going to be the same. Like I have a title defense this Friday and I'm heel just because of the storyline in that specific venue. Um, and I'm going to go up North for something I can't say yet, but that's, I'm going to be heel there and I come back down. I'm a face and it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, it makes it interesting for the promos we can cut for the stories we can have. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely prefer heel, but I like, like you said, this Bret Hart thing. I like the ping pong. So I'm, I'm excited as a fan. Yeah. I'm excited for it. <laughs> any any name out there that you you want to step in the ring with and defend this title against? Because you look at some of the the title holders who have had yeah. this thing: Orange Cassidy, Alex Shelley just had it, Willa Yuta, and whom they defended it against. Like this thing, this thing is an attraction, and you can, yeah, you gotta pick your pick your opponents here. Oh, so many people! I, I oh my gosh, um. Uh, <clears throat> O'Shea Edwards. Yeah. I've known him for so long. Believe it or not, we have never had a one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, Darius Lockhart, um, oh. Anthony Henry. Again, we had a great match. I would love to run it back with the championship on the line in the South, of course. Um, I'm a really big fan of Don't Doubt Miles. I like him. Um, I feel like him and and me is like a, a hot heel. Like, oh God, it's so easy to sell itself. Um, Trisha Dora. Um, uh, Darius Carter. Uh, who else? There's so many. I'm trying to name everybody. Uh, I wish Brett Ison was still here. We oh. we run it back. I know I've worked him so many times, but it's just always a it's always a good time. Um, John Davis. 
uh, JD Drake, um, Mikowski. I know he on the list. I know he he's been he's he's been a top contender for a minute. And I'm a fair guy. I'll give you the shot. You just got to come down here for it. You got to get on that flight. Uh, who else? There's so many people. Dang. I'm trying to get some more. Midway. I mean, it's a heck of a, a heck of a list. Like I love yeah. everything, everyone you're mentioning right now. Another There's name so that comes more too, I promise, guys. Another, so another name that comes to mind. I, I've been saying since last year. Now I don't know if he'll be involved in the 2022 SCI tournament. I'm hoping you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I really feel like this is going to be a big year for Jaden Newman, who's kind of, he's been around for a while, but like he's really blowing up uh, more recently. He's another guy I like to see kind of in that mix, uh, yeah. possibly in the IWTV title mix. I love you mentioning Brett Eisen too. I'm hoping he's back sometime soon. I know he's taking some time off right now, but y'all yeah. got some unfinished business at SUP as well. Right, right. And actually, and at SUP is where I want to face Oshie. Yep. That was my, I don't want to say my first time seeing him in that light, but just like, Watching him make his interest in that building with that 50 Cent song, I was, it was just, it was something special. It was very, I'm going to use the word again, cinematic, man. It, it, it hyped me up. I was excited. Um, oh, there's some more names up north, too, I'm forgetting. But, yes, yes. I love that you mentioned Jaden, too. He has so much heart, so much heart. And, and you're right. He is on the come up. And when his moment hits, it's going to be it's gonna be beautiful, probably even bigger than mine just because of how long his journey has been. He's been wrestling longer than I have, and he's got so much history right there in Chattanooga with TWE and the SCI as a whole and how much he helps out and how much him and his entire family supports that movement. Um, I want nothing but the absolute best for him. So when that happens, it's going to be it's going to be big. And I hope I'm there for it. I hope I get to see it and witness it with my own eyes. You mentioned music and television or music and movies uh, mm-hmm. help you help you out. Um with the mental health and everything, some favorite artists and favorite songs that pull you out of a good or pull you out of a bad state, put you in a good state. And the movies you, you mentioned, The Matrix, but other movies that maybe one do put you in a good state, but two, you mentioned that sometimes you'll you'll take from movies and they'll help you with like facial expressions and stuff. Any movies that you sort of studied Ooh. and be like, hey, this has helped me with with my wrestling and my character work. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna do that part last because that's a good okay. one. Oh, that's a good one. But as far as music goes, I uh, so I was born in '92, and so anything between like 2000 and like 2006 ish is like what I consider like my childhood, when I'm like conscious and know what's going on. Um, so like some Missy Elliott, uh, some Ti. Uh, a little bit of outcast. They were kind of winding down towards that time. Um, Nelly, if I didn't say him already, I feel like I just did. I felt uh, favorite Nelly track. Favorite Nelly track? Oh yeah. my god! Just one. Uh, <laughs> oh, and it's on the dilemma. Ah, uh, it's on the uh, not the uh, what's it called? Nellyville album. Um, I had to get back to you on that. I don't. That's not how I <laughs> the track list again. Um, but uh, who else? Who else? Ch- <laughs> Chinky. Uh, oh, Chinky. Chinky. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, you know, Lil Jon and Eastside Boys, like the Southern rap scene, like around yeah. that time. Like a lot of that just reminds me of like late elementary school. You know, late elementary school and middle school, and just going to the skate ring and just not having a care in the world and just. <laughs> having a good childhood so for you was that was that sparkles skating 
Skating ring? Uh oh, no, no, no. Cascade down here. Oh, okay. That's okay. A, gotcha. a little gotcha. bit more <laughs> south, but um, yeah, just just like the movie ATL with TI, we yeah. were all at, at Cascade. That's where I met Sierra. <laughs> Uh, it was dope. It was a lot of lot of good memories. So stuff like that, just being reminded of that, just kind of puts me at ease. You know, it reminds me of home. So that helps. Um, and as far as movies with facial expressions, I don't have um, not necessarily facial expressions, but The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time. Um, and just the way they carried themselves, everything was very like precise and like cyberpunk with the, the clothing. I thought that was dope. Um, as far as expressions go, I would say maybe Game of Thrones. I know it's not a movie, but um, not the last season. Yeah, not, not the oh, last I didn't season, mind it. Though. Everybody hated it. Oh no, I didn't no. mind it. <laughs> I didn't mind it. It was it was, I, and I like how everything is such a slow show but like in the best way possible you know they, they they make the most out of every moment um so i take a lot from them i want another example though facials hmm. damn it <laughs> i do I'm know just... like i'm very big on like mannerisms too mm. so like um, I know the Dark Knight uh, with, with Heath Ledger. Everybody talks about like how great of a performance it was. It it was, and I, I but nobody mentions he does like this when he talks. It's like a, a knacking sound with his teeth. He like kind of does that, and something it's something so small. But like that's what I think about when I think of that character. So when I'm in the ring and I'm reacting to certain things, you like I, I try to be mindful of not just your facials, but your mannerisms as well. So if I'm nervous or if I'm like getting desperate, like, you know, what would you do? Um, and everybody doesn't have the same, which I think is really cool. So I, I like seeing like little stuff like that. That That's a make or break for me. Uh, that so, so that's some of your favorite uh, movies and music. What about wrestling, like your favorite matches? Like as, as a fan, who's what are some fan, of your favorite matches? Yeah. So as a fan, I'm, I, I love, uh elimination style matches i love matches to where it's a lot of different moving parts a lot of different characters and a lot of different stories intertwining um so my favorite match of all time is the winner take all match from survival series in 2001. <laughs> okay uh that uh the elimination chamber match from 2005 uh new year's revolution or resolution the one with triple h one and yeah he like trying to save Batista in this Batista right story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that. Um I'm trying to think of more. It's probably gonna be like rumbles and stuff. I like it. The Survivor Series match from 2016, uh, with AJ and all that. And I think it went like an hour long. And it was so it was right before the first Goldberg Brock Lesnar match at that Survivor Series. So that one i just like a lot of moving parts um very big on story very very big on story um to the point where i'll almost sacrifice how good the match is it doesn't even matter because of the story that's kind of how i am um what are some other ones uh i'm a big rock guy the rock's my favorite wrestler of all time so anything he did the hell in a cell the armageddon hell in a cell with six of them 
just just ridiculous but like i love that i love <laughs> just throw them all in there and see what happens <laughs> well, it, kind, it kind of makes it kind of makes sense too because like i mean i gotta imagine that you love doing sci like the finals of that tournament being yeah. elimination style and like the stories you can tell with three other wrestlers i mean like it I don't really like shows putting it together but <laughs> other, other than that yes you're right <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, well uh, speaking on that, like, what, what would be some of your favorite matches as a fan? I mean, I'm sure the match with Alex Shelley, you know, that's got to be way up there. But what are some? Or sorry, sorry, not as a fan, but as as an actual wrestler, what as are some a, of your oh, favorites that you've had? Oh, we had a uh, obviously the Shelley one. Yes, yeah. um, I had one with Kurt Stallion in the Action Building. That was great. I had one with Jake Atlas up in New York. Uh, that was really good. Um, I had one with Theory the very first time I ever main evented action. We wrestled a billion times, but that one was something special. We went over time by like 10, 12 minutes, but it was such a good match. Uh, I'm glad it came out the way it did. Um, uh, I had a, <laughs> I, at the, at the WWA four, uh, every year there was like a tradition to have a new year's show. Uh, and I had a storyline with this wrestler named David Ali and at the time, we were at the new building and we didn't have insurance for the building, so nobody could really do like hardcore matches. And but we had such a big rivalry, and I was like, we got to do something. Like, what if we make it to where the fans have to film it? You know, fans bring the camera kind of deal, and it's a last man standing match. We don't film it, so we don't have any kind of official footage in case there's an issue with the insurance. But the fans were filming it, so it'd be like one of those world star fight videos but like a full match. Um, and we didn't call anything but the finish. And usually I, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not a call it on the fly guy. I hate that, but it was just so much fun. Me and David started at the same time. So we really, really knew each other um, and we trusted each other. Um, and it was in this warehouse, <laughs> standing room only. Nobody's ever gonna see it, but it was so much fun. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some more. Uh oh, uh, I had one with, at center stage with Davari that I was really, really nervous about, but that actually been one of my best matches, actually. So I really enjoyed that. But yeah, those are those are a few. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna think of more tonight, but those are those are a few. <laughs> AC Mac, let the people know where they can find you at. Yeah, so I am AC Mac everywhere, either AC Dash Mac or AC underscore Mac. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Pro Wrestling Tees, whatamaneuver.net, uh, PSN if you're a gamer, Facebook, Tumblr, if that's still your thing. I, everywhere that <laughs> you can search for anything, I'm AC Mac, even on LinkedIn, all of that. So <laughs> that's I, I, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, Jensen, closing comments? You, you no, want to give a big outro? No, I don't, I don't have a big outro. I, I can't do that justice. But uh, what I will say is this. AC Mack, like, I'm, I'm a big fan, man. And I've followed the journey for a while. And I, I'm really, really happy to see where you're at right now. Um, I can't wait to see what's, what's in the future. I love IWTV. I, I, I love all these companies we're talking about. And I can't wait to see you do your thing, defending that title and representing for us down here in the Southeast. Because we, yes. we have been putting on great shows down here or I say so we, as a fan <laughs> i've been attending great shows and watching great shows but it's it's, it's fine it finally feels like the southeast has finally arrived in the scene and you're yeah. a big part of that so thank you so much man Good. thank you so much i'm glad to help i'm glad to be able to help with that
Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, everyone, if you haven't seen it already, we talked about it last week on the show. You just heard from the man himself. Go check out AC Mac uh, winning yes. the IWTV World Heavyweight title against Alex Shelley. Check out that entire show uh, from Southeast. Thank you again for, for doing this, AC Mac. Everyone, we will talk to you all. Guys, that was AC Mack, our interview with the IWTV world champion. Look at Jensen. Jensen was so thrilled. And, and it's showing off the Razor shirt as well now. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love AC Mack. What a, what a great guy, man. Uh, yes, that was awesome. Uh, that's a big part of the show that I like so much. I love that me and you can come on here and talk about all our favorite things from all these different companies. And... Then we can spotlight these creators and these wrestlers and stuff, and we'll keep them coming. We're, we'll have more, uh, you know, YouTube personalities on here. We'll have more independent pro wrestlers on here. Like, let us know who you want to see, too, in the comments and, and all that stuff. Also, I saw someone in the chat uh, say that I look like Economos from Peacemaker. I don't know what that is. I looked him up, though, during the interview. Um, I kind of do look like that guy a little bit. If y'all if, if want to do something fun, let me know in the comments. I'll do something where, like, I got to shave anyways. This thing's getting huge. If y'all uh, – let me know what you want me to shave, like, into for next week. If, if you want me to do, like, a like a, like an old-school Triple H, like, handlebar mustache deal and, like, shave all this off, or if you want me to do, like, a mustache or something, let me know. I'll, I'll do some sort of, like, weird facial hair for y'all next week just because I'm, like, thinking about it right now. Might as well. Why not? Hold on. I'm pulling, I'm pulling this guy up. I'm going to get this picture on the screen right fast. <laughs> I don't know if we can do, like, yeah. a side-by-side -side comparison, but – oh, shoot. <laughs> I, I hate the way this thing will save sometimes. Yeah. He – you – I don't know. I don't see it. I do not see this at all. I mean, I see with like the big beard and like the glasses and stuff. Now, granted, I do have new two two new pair of glasses waiting for me at my optometrist right now and contacts. So like next week I might be doing no glasses and I could have like some crazy uh, facial hair going or something. I don't know. I think I might as well do something fun because I've just got so much, so much damn hair in my face. No, that was, there was a picture of him with like darker hair. that didn't oh. look quite as like white as that that I saw. I mean, that okay. kind of still does like me a little bit. I don't know. I don't fully it's see not, it. It's not, it's not totally off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I want to see like a, you see me do something different. I don't, I don't know. I'll do it for next week just to do, just to change it up a little bit. My hair grows so damn fast that like, it'll all be back in a couple weeks anyway. Okay. So there we go. Put this out on Twitter and I'll, I'll retweet it. We'll get Jensen <laughs> to do different uh, stuff with it. I should, I should maybe do that as well. Let's do it my, together. My we'll, we'll do matching, oh, uh, matching triple H uh, King of Kings <laughs> with like the, yeah. Yeah, there you go. A whole we'll, we'll, chops and everything. We'll, we'll be over here. We'll be rallying for Triple H. We're gonna be our, our, <laughs> our, our WWE segment next week is gonna be all right. Well, Shane's gone. They're getting rid of all these people. Ollie wants out, but they won't let him out. But like, we don't know. We're just hoping Triple H is safe. So we're gonna look like Triple H. <laughs> stand up, stand up for Triple H, everybody. That man has been <laughs> held down for too long. Hey, and if, and if it doesn't work out there. We got X Pac and Nash and stuff showing up in GCW. I'm sure, old Hunter Hollingsworth. We can get terrorizing in GCW. <laughs> uh, Jensen, let everyone know where they can follow you at. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. You can use code Fight Talk all as one word, no spaces, in the promo code spot on IndependentWrestling.tv. And I will be on the Twitch channel tonight. Uh, YouTube or sorry, I keep saying YouTube. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. 
I finally have a capture card. Um, as long as there is no technical difficulty, you will be able to see my Mario Kart screen and Joel Pearl's Mario Kart screen up there at the same time tonight. So you can finally see my gameplay also. Um, so yeah, go over there, subscribe to the Twitch channel. Um, make sure to check out Fightful Overbooked. I have uh, my show with SP3 Degrassi Dudes. It is now migrating over to Fightful Overbooked. Our first show is tomorrow. It'll be at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Eastern time. We are ranking Degrassi couples. It'll be myself, SP3, and Alex, a.k.a. Queen of the Ring. So it's going to be a really good time uh, talking uh, talking to Grassi. It has nothing to do with wrestling, but you can you can hear people who talk about wrestling talk about something else tomorrow morning on Fightful Overbooked. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's a, it's a goofy, silly show. It's just for fun. And uh, and we have a good time. So check that out. Fightful Select Weekender Podcast every Sunday, talking independent wrestling. Make sure to uh, join FightfulSelect.com if you haven't already. Jensen, I got I got bad news. Uh, the the EP is is not she, she's she's nixing the Triple H mutton chops. On <laughs> she's already you, she's yeah already you can, made it on this yeah you can go for it. Uh, it has been nixed by by the EP, so I like I I got to follow her her directions there. All right, I'm not trying to I got to sleep somewhere the uh, okay. for the rest of my life. So <laughs> EP, listen to me. Jump on the Twitch stream tonight. Play some Mario Kart with us and. <laughs> Let's figure something out here. Okay. Even if you can't do the triple H, we got to do something. We got to do something fun. Got to do something. Fun. Oh, man. Um, guys, go over to youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked right now. Premiering right now, debuting right now, live right now. Uh, Will Washington is doing Dad Day After Dynamite. That'll be a weekly staple on the Fightful Overbooked YouTube channel. He'll be reviewing Dynamite, talking about the ratings, talking about everything that happens. He'll have special guests from week to week. So, Will, everyone knows Will from RBR for, throughout the years. Everyone knows Will now from, from Grapsody. Everyone go over there, support the channel, support Will. Uh, leave a thumbs up on the video, subscribe to the to the uh, the platform and everything. So that's that's over there right now. There's also more Jensen, or more Jensen. Uh, there is more Jensen on Fightful Overbooked tomorrow. As he said, Degrassi, Degrassi dudes with SP3. There's a lot of SP3 on the channel. Uh, SP3 now we do uh, FMC. And that Friday morning is basically, it's it's technically a wrestling channel. But Friday morning, SP3 and I talk about not wrestling stuff. And then him and you talk about Degrassi. So if you don't, if you like us, but don't like wrestling like I do, uh, you can go Friday mornings. You can find us over there, not yeah. talking wrestling. Friday morning, SP3 variety hours. So basically, that's yeah. basically <laughs> that's basically what it is. I have a segment I recorded it with Jared Bailey called uh, Bailey's Box. That that'll be premiering at some point uh, on Fightful Overbook. A lot of just dumb content over there and good content. Uh, Joel Pearl is doing a great job with a bunch of bunch of guests. Drew Drew is over there. Josh Robinson, Lily, a uh, bunch of people on the channel. Help go over there. YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. We also have uh, everything in podcast form, RSS feeds, everything like that. I think that'll do it. Again, go over there. Check out uh, Dad right now. Jensen, uh, I have a special guest who wants to say goodbye to everybody. This is my pal, Poppy. Uh, Poppy watches me. Uh, every Everything that I do, Poppy keeps an eye on me. As you can see, gigantic eyes just is always watching me, Jensen. Watch me this entire show. Everyone say bye to Poppy. Poppy saying bye right now. Say bye. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.